The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 72 of the MX Vice Show podcast. The only podcast that says, hello, there's racing in Europe that we should talk about. Uh, obviously, there was racing over the weekend, the MXGP of Russia, so we actually have something interesting and informative to talk about. Uh, lots to discuss, lots to break down, and quite a few little uh, interesting stories from the paddock, actually, that I'm uh, looking forward to getting into. And I can get into those thanks to our uh, long-standing sponsors who support us through the lockdown times and the racing times uh, those being fly racing liat planet moto holidays prox racing parts technical touch kyb even strokes mxgp tv backyard design uk asterix knee braces armor and blenzel oils i am your host lewis phillips uh, second time hosting looks like this is my now job forever so there's that and with me with me is the prodigal son child the prodigal child returns it's james burfield hello uh i well this is what i call an evaluation process so i'm just uh listening to, to how you you know obviously i've got 70 episodes under my belt with the hosting job so i'm just evaluating you today to see how you get on so hmm, bit of a rocky start but we'll see how we get on really was that not i thought i had a lot of volume there no there was there was definitely volume there yes there's was, there was definitely volume it's true this is the only podcast that says hello there's racing in Europe. Hi. But yeah. look, at, look at us. Look at, hello, over here. Over here. Hi. <laughs> look at um, us on our own. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that's just... <laughs> it's, it's kind of scary. That, we, are Tom, uh, we are Tom Hanks in Castaway. Yeah, well, I, I think it's actually scary that if this, this little old website started up 10 years ago, where, where the hell would, would, would anything be in, in, in Europe? I had that thought at a weekend. Uh, we'll get into it because obviously we weren't in Russia. Uh, and actually... We'll, I want to talk about that briefly. Before we get into that, uh, we need to mention that part one of the MX Vice show is presented by, as always, Fly Racing. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with a Formula helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the formula helmet has changed the game. And it's changed uh, Hitachi KTM, fueled by Milwaukee's game this season because they are using fly racing gear and the helmet for the first time. And they look a lot better for it. So, James, how are you? Milwaukee! <laughs> So, James, how are you? Oh, great. Honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure being on this side of the table, uh, listening to you um, on the struggle bus this morning. Uh, I- I'm going to say that maybe uh, burning the candle at both ends is not played well for you. <laughs> okay, I agree. 
Uh, I'm fine though, Lewis. Uh, I'm actually rested. Uh, I've got clarity. I feel uh, good. I feel really good. I had a week off. Uh, managed to get away from my phone and my laptop, so it was nice to um, get refreshed. I recommend you doing the same. <laughs> it's quite crazy that seven hours ago I was on a podcast show that was based in Las Vegas. <laughs> and now I'm sat here on a podcast show that's based in Somerset. <laughs> Str- struggle bus. That's what, that, that's what you're on. Australia will be awake soon and I'll be on one over there as well. It's, it's coming. Um, so, we, like I said, we weren't in Russia. Uh, obviously, no. that's nothing new to you. You miss many GPs and many races. Yep. Um, but without... Me being there and the MX Vice team, like, did you find it? Did you find your experience at home was a bit different? And this isn't a oh, like, blow MX Vice time, but like, was it strange for you not to have us at the races? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I kind of rely on uh, little things like little insights, which uh, I think it's always the same. When when you're watching on on TV, you only get say. I would say 30% of the story. There's 70% of the story which you, you don't get to see on TV. And as much as MXGP and, and Paul Malin, they do a, a good job. The insights what I think we bring, uh, or not me, actually you, uh, and the rest of the team bring. Uh, and, and even with Sean and Wes, they always seem to be in the, the right place at the right time. They ha- they've had a knack of that over the last six years. So um, I just think it's, when you're at home, you, you kind of need that extra information. And I think that's where I've become reliant on, on MX Vice to really get the full picture about what's going on. Because you can only read so much into, into the results. So, for instance, uh, I'll take an example of Ben Watson the weekend. Anybody coming in on a Friday, on a Sunday night would be just be like, uh, what the hell happened? But it, I, I think that's where uh, you guys step in and you're able to uh, build the story about why that happened. And that's communicated all the way through a Sunday. So um, I think that's what I miss, and and I, you know, I've, yeah, it, okay, it's us. But if it wasn't us, then I don't know where we, who else would provide that information. And I think that's probably what's helped us grow. It's it's strange because um, obviously this is the first GP I've missed in years. Very bizarre for me. And was when it not I'm, Russia last year? There wasn't Russia last year. What about Russia the year before? Yeah, that was uh, two uh, two years and two months ago. But since I since I missed a GP, that's quite a long time. Yeah. Okay, it's not bad. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. Good effort. So, when I'm obviously doing it like week in week out, I'm kind. I kind of sometimes get to the point where I'm like, well, what? Surely, like, am I really bringing something useful to the table here, or am I like, I just like start to question some stuff? And actually, being at home, I'm like, I was like, Jesus. That oh, like, oh, this is where doing tweets actually really comes in. Like, oh, fortunately, we have good enough uh, uh, relationships with a lot of the riders and teams. I've actually learned a lot in the last day. Uh, some really interesting stuff, actually, which we'll get into. But yeah, no, it was just, it was just, um, it was strange, but I think we'll be better for it because I've come up with some new ideas and things that uh, maybe I didn't value, that we do, that I didn't value so much that I now will value more because I realized that actually it plays a bigger part than I realized. Uh, one of the things I would I would add is that uh, with MX Vice, I feel like the GP continues throughout the Sunday, and um, when when we're not there, it feels like as soon as that last race is done, that's it, GP's done. So it's, there's there's no like continual sort of like you know feed of information. So that's where I think the post race podcasts are absolutely golden on a on a Sunday night because. Um, 
you, you know, you're going around, you're talking to the riders, you then like tweeting uh, little excerpts, excerpts from, from, from them as well as releasing a post-race podcast. So I, I do feel that, uh, I do feel that actually you guys bring quite a bit of value to um, the series. Okay, well, that's enough of that because that now uh, just sounds like we're celebrating us, which is ridiculous and not the idea. Just, just take it because that's the last time I ever give you credit for anything. So let's start with this. Uh, yeah, let's start on this point. So I'm going to pitch two things to you and I want you to pick one or the other. Okay. Are you more surprised that guys are won at the weekend or that Hurling's lost in the fashion that he did? <sighs> I, I Do you get what think, I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I've been thinking about this. The, there's, there's two sides to this. Uh, the track was super sketchy. I mean, everybody was getting caught on, the, on a finish line. Do you, do you think kind of Hurling's went into there and just said, I just need to get out here on one piece. There's no, there's no reason to make a statement. But then another part of me is kind of saying, well, actually, everybody was racing at that level and Geyser just was able to ride at that level and looked so good and stamped his authority. Uh, I think everyone, bar maybe Geyser, who did actually say he enjoyed the track and enjoyed uh, the race, um, I think everyone was just trying to get out of there. I don't think anyone felt particularly safe. Uh, one rider, one rider texts me saying, that the track was sketchy plus tax, which effectively means that sketchy then plus an extra little bit more. <laughs> so, yeah, I, and you could even see it in Hurlin's riding. Like, I don't think I've ever seen him look that timid and that... Like, it just looked like he had no faith in his front end or anything. It just looked like he was very like, okay, I, I'm just going to get out of here. I'm just going to get out of here. I'm just going to get out of here. And you know what? People, people have already started saying like, oh, Hurling's lost. Why did that happen? Blah, 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 blah. But this is what people have wanted him to do for the last 10 years. And <laughs> when he does it. He wasn't yeah. the fastest rider. He was not the fastest rider. I would say Crowley was faster. Fevre was faster probably and probably Crowley as well. And Hurling's, the wily veteran that he is, got out of there with a second overall. That's what people have wanted him to do. So like, we should really be sitting here going, geez, like, is this a new Hurlins? Like that sort of thing. But instead, we're talking about what a surprise it is that he lost. Yeah, I think the, the, the fact is, he's, he, instead of going there and trying to prove a point and beat Geyser, he's just 10 points down, which at any point he could possibly pull back. So, oh, yeah, worst case scenario is 10 points. It's not even worth, that's not even worth considering at this stage. Exactly. But, so I've been doing, I'm working on a couple of features for MX Vice at the moment. Uh, one of them is a, one of them is, it hasn't got a title yet, but effectively it is a... So you're trying to follow the MX2 class because I feel like people are very much struggling to get interested in that. So I'm trying to... Basically, it's like a... Let me help you try and get interested in this. But also, uh, a stat sheet, the long-standing feature on MX Vice. Yeah. And I've uncovered something a little bit interesting. And okay. I was going to save it as the Planet Moto bombshell. So I'm just going to bring that forward now. Do it. And... Uh, bring the thunder. Uh, I'll bring the funder. You might even be a little bit surprised. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell was that? It was a bomb going off and that's, the guy was scared. That sounds very <laughs> traumatic. <laughs> yes, but, but it's a bombshell. <laughs> oh my God, I feel... I actually think I'm going therapy after listening to that soundbite. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, too early in the morning. <laughs> Jesus. There's kids what listen to this. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> well, you know what? Maybe you don't know what you've got until it's gone. It's gone. So, would you like this? Good thunder. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Either one. Either yeah. or. So this uh, is. Oh, yeah. sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Crack on with the. I'm just trying to get over that noise of the guy screaming. <laughs> I did actually make that with the eye. Like, I did you, is that you screaming? I made it in a way of like, oh, you don't like my bombshell, do you? Well, have this. <laughs> I'm just going to go completely the other way. Uh, yeah. So this is your Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week. Gaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, especially after everything we've all been through in the last two years or so. And you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. There's a lot going on at Planet Moto and uh, a lot of success coming out of that operation as well, as you can tell from the youth and amateur results from series like EMX Nationals and uh, British Masters over here. So yeah, get involved and hit tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible by visiting planetmoto.co. So the stat, this is gen- this genuinely blew my wig back. So the reason I ended up looking into this is because uh, I obviously saw the podium and I was like, huh, guys are stood in the middle with hurlings next to him. Looks weird. I feel like I've not seen that before. That doesn't look like something I've seen before. So I started looking to see if Hurling, uh, Geyser and Hurlings had ever finished 1-2 in that order. And then I, I found something much deeper than that. So Geyser, this is the first time that Geyser has won a GP that Hurlings has been in at all, has even been at the, at the venue since March 2017. That's round four in 2017. And the first time but Geyser has won a 450 overall when Hurlings has been in the race and healthy. Because March 2017, uh, that was Hurlings' first year in MXGP, and he was riding with a broken... He was coming off a broken wrist or hand or something along those lines. And the first five, six rounds, he was really on the struggle bus and not even in the, um, not even in the top uh, eight. That's actually another little stat off the back of this. This is the first time that Geyser has won a GP in the MXGP class that Hurlings has finished inside the top eight at. We all, all we've talked about is, why is Geyser so underrated compared to Hurlings? Why are we like, that's the answer. But like, case is closed, no? And that is a fantastic stat. And it, and it, and it does back up uh, exactly what we kind of been saying the last couple of weeks about, about Geyser. And it has got to be the most up to that point, was the most underrated rider. Underrated world champion, even. Yeah, but that's why, I think. Because, obviously, no one knew that stat exactly, but maybe subconsciously, everyone kind of knew that something along those lines had happened. That's great. Honestly, I still can't believe that. I checked it three times because I was like, no. But once you break it down, uh, last year, if you remember, Geyser didn't start winning GPs until Manta the Free. Uh, and by that point, Hurlings was injured. Geyser didn't win an overall at all uh, in the first seven rounds that Hurlings was there. 2019, Hurlings raced three, uh, four GPs, won the last two, and Geyser didn't win any of them that Hurlings lined up for. Uh, 2018, 2018, Geyser didn't win at all. That was Hurlings' really dominant season. And then towards the end of 2017, uh, Geyser got injured, etc. So it, like, once you actually break it down, it's like, oh, that actually makes... That, that is actually very believable. But I just can't get my head around it, to be honest. That's like, that is kind of, I feel like I've now got an answer to the question of why are we, why is Geyser so underrated? And I think I've, that's also, this also answers the question of why is 
his ride in Russia such a big deal? Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. The, uh, the performance the weekend was, you know, you should give him the Blenzel performance of the week while we're at it as well, because um, he absolutely smashed it. Well, we'll get into that later on, because um, since you've been away, the Blenzel performance of the week has changed considerably. Well, can I throw something at you? If you, if you like, I mean, you're overstepping your boundaries as a co-host, but fair enough. Okay. 2018, Lewis. If uh, James Burford came up to you in the pits and said, do you know what? Three years' time, gas, gas, beta, finishing in the top 10, MXGP. What do you think about that? Well, not even, uh, not even that. Um, there were seven manufacturers in the top 10 in MXGP. That's quite crazy. But massive, massive step. I mean, both predominantly kind of like trials in, in, in Enduro com- manufacturers. And, you know, obviously KTM group, obviously uh, behind the gas, gas, but what an achievement for Beta. Yeah, well, obviously, yeah, gas, gas is less of, like, that's kind of a, they've got a, a massive step up already in their program by being part of the KTM group, but... But still, 2018, who would have thought? I think I was surprised, I think I was surprised by Beta. To be honest. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great result. I said it on a podcast last week that um, obviously Van Horbeek was quite good at the sand races in Italy and um, was happy with his bike there and stuff. But I kind of thought that based on how he was describing the bike, those conditions suited him or suited the characteristics that he was des- uh, describing with the bike. And I wasn't sure how that was going to translate on a super fast, choppy, sketchy Russian track. But I mean... I guess it's good everywhere. Like, I don't know. It's weird. I feel like part of the problem with MXGP this year is we've had such a long break that none of this stuff is as shocking as it should be because we've had such a long time to digest all of this and, like, take it all in. But, yeah, it's just like... Beta racing MXGP, even without the results, beta racing MXGP is a huge deal and, like, something that should be going... Everyone should be going mental about. But... Reality is, we saw them race a beta four months ago. So, like, by now, it's like, yeah, it's uh, beta, isn't it? Like, yeah, of course, yeah, it's beta. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just something that stuck out when you're kind of looking through the results on Sunday night. And it was just like, wow, that's just not something you see every, you know, where we haven't seen before. So, so um, interesting. So, guys that went 1-1, uh, dominant, uh, second motor, he went from last to first, passed everyone he needed to pass and everyone that he would consider a fierce rival. So that was definitely a statement. But what do you, do you put stocking this, stock in this moving forward? I don't know. So this is the, this is the thing which, obviously you've spoken to, to a lot of the riders and a lot of the riders saying the track was, was very, very sketchy. It was a case of just getting out there healthy and in one piece. But on the other hand, you've got someone like Geyser who was able to pass anyone and everyone. Um, and... You know, it's what, how do you, how do you even go with that? I mean, Lupino was, was fourth overall. We'll get into that. We will get into that. But it's, but do you, do you, like the results are like, obviously, Geyser, fantastic performance. Lupino, um, fourth, Prado, seventh. I don't know how much we can look into the results from the weekend. I don't think the results from the weekend give us a good overview of, of how we're going to see the season play out. I think we can put stock into the riders who did well. Like, obviously, Geyser is very good this year. Like, that's not going to change. But it's more the riders like Hurlings, the riders like Sewer, the riders like... Well, not even Prado, because Prado had mistakes and stuff. But um, I think 
the riders who did well are going to be buzzing and like moving away from there. Like this is a great start of the season. Like let's keep this rolling. And everyone who did poorly is basically like, fuck Russia. Let's get the season started properly at Matley. I think that's, it just depends on how you did, doesn't it? So yeah, I, I'm actually, yeah, I don't want to talk about it now because you want to talk about it later, but yeah. Um, no, and you got to look at notable performances by like people like Olsen as well. First race in the MSGP class, and it was a decent result on that track. I will. Um, I would. I do want to say one more thing on Geyser. I actually meant to say it on Pulp last night, but I'll say it here. Why not? Obviously, the bike gets a lot of credit for his turnaround in the last year and a half, and it's rightfully so. But without getting into it too much, I also think his personal life probably has a lot to do with it as well because his dad isn't really in the picture at all now and same goes for last year but I feel like that was when it started to really kind of set in and like his new program started to become like the norm so that so he's now got his own little support group and isn't being uh well I'm trying to be very uh over line here he's he's just kind of his own man now, I guess. And he's got his girlfriend there who's been with for a very long time. He's got like all of this stuff. And um, also now he's got his own facility in Slovenia that's got a workshop, apartments on it. So like every team, like he's got his own base now, so he doesn't need to worry about that. And if he wants to go to Slovenia, he can go to Slovenia. I feel like the bike plus him being very happy and comfortable in life at the moment go hand in hand into what, we saw in Russia and the results that he's had over the last uh, year. Yeah, he's built a good platform for himself to um, probably to give him that consistency uh, at a track and away from the track. I think that's obviously what every rider tr- tries to strive for is to be happy, you know, away from racing. So it must be quite difficult because with riders, they're kind of the pressure, center of attention, um, the expectations. And it's how do you keep that, that volume up away from uh, the track? How do you keep that consistency? So you've, okay, you've got time to rest, but you still need to, to have the facilities around you, don't you? Yeah. Um, I just, yeah. I, I feel like he, I feel like when you talk to him, he's just very comfortable at the moment. There's nothing that really needs to change in his life, which is a good place to be. Herlins did have arm pump. He's, he had a slow start in 2020 after lockdown. If you remember, he didn't win at all in uh, Latvia. Or did he win the last GP? I think he won the last GP in Latvia. But the first two, he was quite, it was quite a slow start and everyone was a bit surprised. I think we see something similar this year. I'd imagine, I, wouldn't be, I would probably pick him to win Matterley, but I think when we get to Latvia and when we get to Oss for rounds four and five, that's when Hurlins will be Hurlins properly through and through. Uh, Fevre was third and not much to say there other than he was very fast. But that would be one that I'm like, hmm... Let's just see how this goes. Well, we, we knew the expectation um, with him going into this GP. We knew that the track suited him. We knew he was going to go well. So the expectation was quite high. So actually getting you know, a second in the first race, that expectation was met because we kind of foreseen him doing well there. So yeah, it was just a, a, a little moment which had him parked on a basically the outside of the track, which you know, stopped his progress there. I think he would have come away with um, two decent results. Interesting that he left Russia. First of all, this is, his be- this is the best start to a season he's had uh, since 2016. So that says a lot, I think, as well. And interesting that after the race, he said, 
you win your champion, you win championships on your bad days. Because that kind of, to me, I was like, oh, okay, we're going for the championship. Okay, yeah. like, okay, that that's mindset. where we're at. That mindset. I was, I was actually very, I, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised because everyone says like, everyone on the start line will tell you that their goal is to win and they won't be happy unless they win. But for him to just come out and kind of say that off his own back, I was like, oh, okay. I, th- I thought that maybe his goal would be top three in the championship because he's not been there for a while, but he wins championships on his bad days. And if a third overall is a bad day, uh, then yeah. Yeah, I've got to be honest. It, it, I, I think you're going to need to bring your power rankings back because um, I think that's a really good kind of indication about how these riders uh, are progressing. And, and I think he's kind of bit by bit over the years built himself up. And I think, do you know what? This, this could actually be his year. And it wouldn't, like, I wouldn't be shocked if. Round 16, 17, he's second and not very many points behind in the championship. I would be shocked if there's no injuries. Obviously, if there's a couple of injuries, then sure. If, if the field is as, stays as it is now and no one has issues through the season, then that, well, I would be shocked. Uh, what were your takeaways from watching on TV? Well, we need to get into Alessandro Lupino. Um, we do need to get into that. So... <sighs> Lupino isn't this good. He's not meant to be this good. I feel like after his ride at Parlour and stuff, everyone's like, oh, Lupino, yeah, that top seven GP rider. Like, no, no. Lupino's never been this good. Okay, he was third in a moto at the end of last year when this field was literally limping home. This has never been Lupino. This wasn't Lupino in MX2. This wasn't Lupino in MXGP. This just isn't, this just isn't Lupino. So something's obviously changed for the better since he joined uh, MRT. And I know that he leans on Caroli a lot, a lot, a lot for bike setup, for um, advice with a bike, direction, kind of really like, really leans on him. As you'd expect, they're like best friends, both ride a KTM, so why not? And I'd be interested to know if any little parts have fallen off the back of uh, Caroli's truck and found their way onto Lupino's bike from time to time. Like that wouldn't surprise me either. But can that be it? But like the Gebhan team isn't that bad. And I wouldn't say that, I wouldn't say that Marchetti is a step up from Gebhan, but I, can't, I literally can't think of another explanation other than this bike really is better for him. Yeah, I mean, you, you could, I, mean I think you just hit the nail on the head that uh, maybe he's, he's been on Japanese bikes for, for a few years now, and maybe this bike just suits his ride. Another thing I thought of is he was using Solver suspension before now, and obviously no one at Gebhan really got on with that. So maybe now this is a result of like, he's got a KTM and he's got WP suspension and there you go. Like that's a very good package in itself, let alone with factory support or whatever. I I need to find out actually, because last year when Bogus was on that team, he had a factory engine and uh, he was a WP test rider. So we had, he was the first rider to use the air shot. Um, So I need to find out if Lupino's got any of that support or is it if he's on a similar program? Because that wouldn't surprise me either based on his results. But I don't. I. I would be shocked if this continues. Like round that was shocking, but if it continues, I would be even more shocked. Um. Well, I'm guessing uh, if it is the bike and the bike's going well and he's gelling with the bike, then we can expect the same sort of result from him uh, in Matali. Does Lupino get on a podium this year? Question mark. Explanation point. Uh, I'm not being drawn into that, Lewis. You're just setting me up for a fall. I think Russia. Um, uh, I think Russia was uh, a unique track. 
and it suited some unique riders. And I think others uh, literally just done what they needed to do um, to save face, get some points, and 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 move on. I I think you know you know you've got a way more insight than than most people because you would have spoken to the riders, and it would have been interesting what those riders discuss with their teams. Were basically riders saying, "I'm going at 100. percent If I go any more, this is going to go wrong." How how many people did that finish line take out? Literally. Oh yeah. So I found out what the reason for this was. So they ripped and watered up until the base of the takeoff. So up until the base of the takeoff, the track was like grippy and perfect and lovely. And then they left the takeoff. So the takeoff was slick, hard, etc. So going from the clay niceness into the slick, hard takeoff, and then carrying that moist dirt on their tires into the slick takeoff was what was causing all the crashes. And a few riders said it would have been better if they'd just ripped the takeoff. Like, there would have been ruts up the face of it, sure, but that would have just slowed it down more, and at least then it would have been consistent. So that was the reason why there were so many crashes on the finish line. Wow. But, so nothing too shocking, but yeah. Sewer actually had two massive crashes. In uh, well, one massive crash and one fairly big crash, which I don't think the TV cameras picked up at all. He said that it could have quite easily been a DNF DNF day, so he'll take a five six five six six five. Jeez, what the bike was okay enough to to continue? Yeah, he said it was a big one. Like, he said it. He, he was quite like he said it was a big one. He said <laughs> that he had a crash in the first moto, so then was like, okay, let's just get out of here safe, let's move on, and then had an even bigger crash in the second moto, and was just like, what am I doing? Wow. And still managed to finish in front of quite a few people. Yeah, well, 6-5 is nothing. That's, a per- that's not a bad start for the season by any means. Not with two huge crashes, or two crashes. Further down. Jonas, did Jonas did do what you expected him to do? Uh, I'm on the Jonas hype train. He's good. He's going to win something this year. Whether that be a moto or an overall, he's going to win something. I'd almost bet on that, no doubt. And looked good in the second race. You have to admit, he surpri- I'm guessing he surprised you. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't expect him to 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 get a third in 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 race two. I, I thought maybe, I thought maybe just like you know, gently, gently, uh, top ten, but no, smashed it. But again, it's it's the track. Let's not forget, this is a guy who hasn't raced since Volkenswagen last year. Yeah, that's so a like time. you can you can very much even without speaking to him, you can make a very high case that there were probably some cobwebs that needed to be blown off at, in Russia, and he'll only get better. Yeah, I want to talk to you though about Prado. What happened? Crashes, I guess. I don't know. That's all you put it down to. But then I would have expected him to move forward like Geyser did. Well, he was ahead of Geyser. Geyser went by him and then left him in the second moto. I would have expected that, I think, from Prado. But then maybe, I don't know. Like after I've said it many times on this podcast, the Prado hype has kind of left me a little bit in the offseason. And I don't know why. And maybe this is why. Just because maybe on paper, he looks like the perfect title contender but maybe there are still some little holes that need to be filled and etc I think uh, I think it's going to be really good to see what he can do Matali because if he ends up with another 7th to 10th overall in Matali then is this going to be what we're going to see for the rest of the year and if it is then there's something definitely wrong my final assessment oh no he, cra- he did crash like that did happen so he crashed. If he didn't crash, his results would have been a lot better. My assessment of Prado coming into the season was, I think, his, if you want to put point to one weakness, it would be that he's not got the raw speed that Geyser and Hurlings have. 
but his racecraft and his starts more than make up for that. That was kind of where I finally like settled on Prado. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, a fair assessment. Caroli was impressive to me. Very impressive. Actually, like maybe the most impressive rider of everything. Uh, what impressed me was the fact that he was able to ride his bike back to the uh, pits because that was KO'd. Did yeah, you see the state of it? Yeah, I don't, think, um, I don't think I've actually seen a bike that mangled in quite some time. Me neither. I was like, wow. Like, literally, wow. The, uh, the, the handlebars were just ridiculous. So, uh, fair play. For him to go seventh, I think, in qualifying, that was a statement to me because he's not a one-lap guy at all. Like, he's not a one-lap guy in the slightest. And neither is Ben Watson, but we'll get onto that. So for him, to, and also Russia is undoubtedly not a Karoli track. Of all the tracks, that is the least Karoli track. So for him to go seventh in qualifying was kind of like a statement to me as well, because I was like, oh, well, if you can do that in qualifying on this track, then when we get to your favorite track at Matterley, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. All along, all, all off season, I've been saying, um, this is the healthiest that Karoli's been in two years. We don't know what we're going to see. And that's exciting. And I think it is exciting. I think it's more exciting now because maybe Crowley can be in this thing and win this title. Jordi Tixier, one point behind uh, Van Horbeek, uh, Jonas and Crowley. I didn't even know that Tixier was that high up. I can't say I noticed him at all once the entire day. Well, um, that's just interesting because obviously being French, obviously used to a, a lot of hard pack tracks that obviously played into his favour. But he did have some notable performances last year. So, I don't know. We, we kind of dismissed him in, in everything we said about where we, actually, where we actually believe he's going to be placed. But he could sneak in the top 10 um, this year. Well, no, look, we need, to, we need to tackle that. There were some weirdo results. Like, I didn't, I didn't see Lupino being fourth. I didn't see Olsen being sixth. I didn't see Van Horvick being ninth. I didn't see Tixier being 11th. I didn't see Van Donick being 13th. Like, all across the board, there were some weirdo results. All I'm taking from Russia is Geyser is very, 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 very good again. That, that's the same as the end of last year. And, and Caroli is back to being quite close to his best. I think that's the only two things I can take from the MXGP class. Maybe the Fevra's fast as well. So, some more strange results. Coldenhoff. Well, where do we even start with that one? No, it's hold on. Hold do we on, just on. do we just fast forward and just wait for Matley? No, first of all, first of all, first of all, how about Yamaha being twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth, and seventeenth overall? <laughs> yeah, I seen that. That was interesting. Just like oh. Factory KTM, you want some of this lower top 20 action? Uh-uh. This is our fucking house. Yeah, yeah. But before we get to Koldenoff, well, actually, let's talk about Koldenoff. It was, that was also fine. Like you're, he crashed huge in the second moto and then got stuck in a ditch somewhere. Somehow. I don't actually know how he, got, how he ended up in a ditch, but he ended up in a ditch. It's, that track was just brutal. It was at anybody's, well, apart from, no. Yeah, guys have stayed on two wheels. Any, anybody else stay on two wheels the whole weekend? That crash in the second moto first turn was gnarly as well. Like, he went down hard. Like, he, he hit the ground. Like, I'm, I'm actually quite surprised that he got up from that because that was probably the hardest first turn crash I've seen in a while. I'm guessing you have no memory of him crashing in the first corner. No, I, I don't. No, I can tell that by you're just, just like, absolutely nothing there then. There was just absolutely... 
But it Sorry, must it must have been guy. a it must have been a frustrating day for for Louis and the Wilvo team, where uh, obviously you're going into the the start of the season with three, you know, very good riders, and um, you, you kind of get a mixed bag of results. One more cold enough thing. Um, he got slammed by Jacoby in the first moto, and it hurt his knee a bit. I don't, he's obviously not injured, but he said he was in some pain. Jacoby slammed him quite hard. I think there's a video of it on his Instagram if you want to see it. Okay, I'll check that out. Well, is this the time when you want me to talk about the Watson wagon? Uh, I think is we that what you're leading hold, into? No, I think we should hold that for part two. We can talk uh, a little bit in depth, can't we? Is that, me, is that you telling me that you would like to, an advert? I think it's time for an advert. <laughs> okay, I was going to do one more thing. I did have it under control, but thank you for micromanaging this podcast. I appreciate uh, it's that. It's okay. It's just, it's obviously going to take me uh, a little time to adapt to this co-host role. Well, just sit back and enjoy yourself. You're basically on holiday. So, um, that's it. James Burfield has blown the whistle on part one. <laughs> um, <laughs> or, or stamped my authority, whatever way you want to put it. James Burfield has called time on part one, so I guess we'll go to an advert. Uh, that was part one of the MX5 show, episode 72, presented by Fly Racing. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we know and believe that the Formula is a perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula helmet has changed the helmet game. That is part one. Uh, we'll be back in five with more MXGP talk and some MX2 discussion. Back in five. I, I say back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. Brox Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the high-level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of Prox's parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out Liat.com for more. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the formula helmet has changed the game. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode number 72 of the MX Vice Show post-MXGP of Russia discussion. Part two 
of this very podcast is presented by our friends at Technical Touch. With an air oil separated close cartridge design that is well known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series, uh, that being Lommel. You too can experience the best in suspension, like Jeremy Sewer and Ben Watson, and close to home too. Visit technical-touch.com slash KYB-authorized-dealer to find an authorized KYB by Technical Touch dealer in your country. Take your ride to the next level with those guys. I believe there's three authorized dealers in the UK, and obviously there's more in France, Spain, Germany, Belgium, Netherlands. Like Anywhere you want, you can get... um. Same suspension as Jeremy Sewer and Ben Watson. So literally, I don't even really need to say more because why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Hi, James. Hi. Where were we before the break? Uh, we were just going to talk about, we finished off a cold and half and we were going to talk about the Watson wagon. Uh, before we get to that, we skipped over a, a ride that I've got a funny story about. Oh, okay. I like so, a funny story. Strybos, who also once again just like defied the laws of age and logic yeah by doing very well and like seems like he's only going to get better and who knows like who knows i'd imagine that he'll be signing a three-year contract asap he didn't have a, he was his own mechanic in russia because his mechanic had a emergency eye operation just before russia so couldn't go and uh, the geben team manager was meant to then be strybos's mechanic and um he got denied entry because of a problem with his visa and stuff. That sound you hear is me, a sigh of relief from me, but I didn't go. So Strybos had no mechanic until he found a random Russian who spoke no English who helped him out on race day. This guy spoke no English that after the second moto, Strybos finally found out what his name was. <laughs> That's unreal. Yeah. That's, that is a crazy story. See, not, not in Russia, but I'll still bring you the goods like that. So how did, this, how did he even find this guy? Well, this is the one thing I haven't figured out. I don't know if it was a spectator or like an official or just like... But yeah, didn't speak any English. I don't know what they trusted him to do on the bike. Probably not Holy much. shit. But um, yeah. Wow. Just, and also a missed opportunity for me because if I was in Russia, I could have done Strybos' pit board, which would have just been amazing podcast material. Yeah. I, I would have I liked to have seen that. That would have been good fun. I would have just written party like it's 2005 on there and just let him crack on. But it's fine. No, no, no. It's, uh, that, that would have been, uh, that would have been uh, real fun to watch. And also, uh, speaking of the Gebben team, Van Donick, who knew? Like, yeah. Uh, what, seventh in the first race and moving forward, like catching Sewer, who knew? Another weirdo result that's just like, like that's not a Van Donick track. So another weirdo result that's just like, who knows? And Vlandrin, coming off of uh, ACL surgery, also was quite impressive, I thought. As in, impressive, he had really bad arm pump and could barely hold, hold on, but impressive in the way that I think there were signs that quite quickly this is going to get quite a lot better. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Okay, great. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, what did you think of uh, Sterry? Oh, I was just kidding. He went... Uh, so I think it's okay to say Sterry's start to the season in the British Championship was not lighting the world on fire. I thought there was glimpses. No, but I, I would expect Sterry to just like kind of not dominate, but basically be the guy in that series. That's kind of the level I hold Sterry to because I'm such a nice guy. And he went testing after Canada Heights and it seems that is the 
key that unlocked the thirteenth place finish in the um, second moto. He crashed in the first turn in the first one, uh, and he was going to get points still, but he made a mistake with like two laps to go. But no, encouraging, completely yeah. for like thirteenth in this field. Steri's another one. Towards the end of last year in Trentino, he got quite good and was in the top ten. But the field was so just demolished that it was kind of like okay, like we'll see next year. But no, that's good. Like that's the best ride of his MXGP career, no doubt. No, it's good. It was noticeable performance. Now, uh, if only we'd done a wager of the opening round of Nathan Watson finishing a brother's brother. What you would have bet on that, would you? No, I mean just oh. like like just saying that out loud. Okay, just there we go. One nil to Nathan. It's fine. We want to Matley. Just it's what just uh, I I read Ben's Instagram and it was just proper. That that crash looked proper sketchy. It's fine because you know those of us on the wagon, we're not going anywhere. So much so that well, you wandered off in uh, was it 2017, 2018? Oh, oh God's sake! <laughs> is this a new one? This is a new one. This is a new one. Just getting out of hand. All aboard. All aboard. This is getting out of hand. This is not getting out of hand. Do you want... Do you want... No. 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 After this podcast, Where will we be... keep finding screaming uh, men? After this podcast, will we be having an executive meeting where the bombshell sound drop is banished? <laughs> Just gets banished forever. Y- yeah, your sound drops are going to go somewhere. Well, no, um, not the sound drops. I'm just particularly talking about the bombshell one that you seem to be quite traumatised by. <laughs> that was very traumatic. The guy, there was a bomb, James. What do you want from the guy? What do you want him to do? Him to just be stood there going, I am having a pleasant day. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? Next week, there is now going to be the bomb sound in the backdrop with a guy no, going, I, see a I, bomb. Am, enjo- I a am enjoying bomb. my day. I am enjoying my day so far. And then the bomb's just going to hit. <laughs> Even more traumatic. Um, <laughs> we uh, we haven't ma- mentioned uh, Tonus Usland. Well, no, uh, we need we need to talk about Ben. Okay, like, let's. let's that, I, that I thought you just wanted to us dis- talking about Ben. Sorry, I thought you just wanted to dismiss it, and we, you no, said move on to Matley. Not at all. We we are on to Matley. There's no point. We have 18 opportunities for success coming up. Thus, why would we look back on one just uh, 18? One tricky weekend. Well, there's only 18 rounds left. So well, I don't know. It's fantastic. Do you want us to bloody... I mean, we can, we can find success elsewhere, but we're focused on the MXGP series. No, obviously it was rough. Uh, a lot of crashes, including that one that he posted on Instagram, which was quite uh, a big one. Another mm-hmm. finish line victim. Uh, and also he was, on, he was a finish line victim in 2019 as well. So not a good, not a good track for Ben. Even though he was um, on the podium there for the first time in 2018, no one in the world is saying that uh, Orly Anok is like the Ben track of the series. It was just, it was just a shit happens day. Like no one, no one listening to this is looking at that result, going, "Well, I guess Ben Watson is a twenty third place guy." It was just shit happens. Nothing really went right from crashes to bad start. Just nothing, like nothing went right. We want to Matley. That's it. Done. We want to Matley. And also, as I explained on Pulp last night, all you Watson wagon haters now, if you, Ben scored one point, therefore, the results say Ben Watson, comma, one. Therefore, the Watson wagon is technically number one. That's, that's really, you're really reaching. 
No, I'm not. That's actually exactly what, that's exactly, that's actually exactly the reply I got on Pulp. (laughs) I'm not even trying. Well, I think word for word they said, but you were really reaching. Yeah. Okay. Great minds think alike. Uh, Okay. Uh, As host, Lewis, uh, do we want to mention any other riders or are you finished? Um, I think we're done. I'm trying to think. Ooslin, tip of the hat to Ooslin, like, that was quite, I never saw that coming. I didn't think he'd get points, truthfully. Yeah, I think we're done with MXGP. Well done yeah. to everyone. Well done. Well done, everyone. Great work. See you in Matley. Good Sorry. work for coming out alive. Well done. Um, MX2? Quick, there's not much to say. Let's, let's smash out MX2. Vial, he needs to slow down because he's just going to make us boring. I mean, I'm, okay. On the subject, I meant to say, the reason I asked about us not being at the GP at the start is because I was going to say this. Do we... This is a question for everyone listening and you. I need, I need genuine feedback on this um, before Matterly. Do we want live Twitter updates anymore? Yes. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's just my opinion, but let everybody else... Um, wait, what, what are you thinking? Well, no, I just like... Because I was going to do them off the TV at the weekend, and then when it came to it, I was like, this is ridiculous. Everyone who tweets from home, you can't give any insight, so I'm not even going to pretend. Like, yeah. we're, we're on to Matley. And then I, I, was, I used that time, and I was making notes and, like, observing different things that I'd never seen before, and I was like, I was like Jesus, I've got, like... I was like, Jesus, if I didn't tweet at GPs, I'd actually be able to do a lot of, like, observing and notes and, like, properly get some more insight because like it sounds ridiculous and like proper first world problems but live tweeting is actually quite a lot of work <laughs> it's not it's actually it's actually quite a lot of work well i'm ready to step in i know i just didn't know if people wanted it anymore because the same thing like you can watch it on mxgp tv so like but then again as i say the cameras didn't catch sewer crashing at all so if i was there i would have tweeted that sewer crashed big and then i would have been the person who alerted everyone to that yeah uh i I would just like to tip my uh hat in for this uh i i'm in for matterly so i'm ready oh yeah i need to try and get you a pass today i need to take back my original role okay so my game's evolved also, tip of the hat, one, one pat on the back time for MX Vice. Our Instagram at the weekend was very nice. Yeah. Very nice. I'm very proud. I'm actually proud as punch of that. So just tip of the hat to my, like, pat myself on the back. Maybe I'll get this edited out because that sounds ridiculous, but I was proud of that. I'm really proud. First of um, many cool rollouts coming this year. We also debuted a new logo, which 50% of people seem to hate and 50% of people seem to love. So. Always good. Always good. Yep. Well, similar, because um, after last week's podcast, 50% of people told me to get you back on immediately, and 50% of people told me to light you on fire so you could never come near a podcast again. Mm. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually didn't know until uh, the end of the week whether I'd be back on the podcast. Whatever. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I enjoyed my week off. Well, yeah, but you didn't just have a week off from the podcast. No, I actually enjoyed my week off of everything. Yeah, exactly. So why would the podcast be... <laughs> Well, that's, that's great. Uh, that's great. I look forward to now wondering whether you're going to show up every week. Yes. No, I'm, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. All I've got to do is sit here. I ain't got to really do anything anymore. Do you understand why I said that I should be the host? Because isn't, I'm directing, like you always were worried that you wouldn't be able to bring insight, but you're not doing that. I'm just directing you to conversation. Yeah, I, I'm still not comfortable with it. I'm not, not saying I agree with it. 
Because after last week, a lot of people finally understood what I was talking about and said that with me hosting, it flows a lot better just because I can direct the conversation. It's just not a scene, though, is it? I don't know. It's just not a scene. But we'll see. We'll see. We've got 70 episodes to see if we can make it work. Well, I, I'm a big... I'm not a... Uh, I don't like us changing... Like, oh, one week Lewis is hosting, one week James is hosting, and now Lewis is hosting again. Like, no, we don't do that. We don't do that at MXVice. We make a change, we stick to it. So this is it now, you like it, lump it. We we know you don't like change. No, I just, like, we're a professional business. Professional businesses... have structure. Professional businesses don't go, oh, like, oh, this week, this is changing. Like, yeah, change co-hosts, because that's a disposable role. But the host of the podcast is a host of the podcast. If I was ill and someone said, oh, I can do post-race podcasts for you, this GP, I'd be like, no, because that's strange. Like, that's very unprofessional to be like, uh, and here are the post-race podcasts that Lewis has done at every GP for the last four or five years, uh, and now I'm doing it. And it's like, well, well, for one week. And it's like, well, that's not, like, that's not, what the, that's not what the product is. I'm very big on that. I think you're boring people now. Let's just talk about Ruben Fernandez. Like, well, we didn't talk about Tom Vial, but Tom Vial is basically... It's like, boring. I'd like to congratulate him on winning the 2021 MX2 title. Yes, this is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Well, the only, the only, the only interesting thing, and I don't want to say good thing because it's not like, you know, I'm not a Tom hater or anything. Ah, I just get bored. Is that uh, welcome to the 450 class in 2022? Yeah, we'll see. Well, there is a long way to go, but obviously it's looking very, um, it's not, it's like, if you're, if you, if, if you're a person, <laughs> If you are a person. What, a real person? <laughs> if I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. <laughs> if you're a person Smash and you would it. bet against Tom Vial winning this title, then you just wouldn't do that, would you? Like, that's just, like, that would be crazy. Ruben Fernandez is second in the points. Ruben Fernandez is not taking this title from Tom Vial. Jan Pankar, 10th. Okay, that's, this, is where, this is why I'm hosting. Because Andrea he- Adamo, 13th. This is why I'm hosting because you erratically just bring up random things and the flow's gone. So if you just let me do this. Andrea Adamo, the guy at Tushintal, which couldn't string a sentence together and said, Hi, I'm Tushintal. No, he didn't say that at all. I don't know. Okay, but it was, he had three words. No, Ruben Fernandez. Uh, surprised or not surprised? Not surprised. I think uh, I mentioned uh, probably around about episode 63, 64. Uh, there was a lot of positive energy from myself about this signing. And last year, there was glimpses of this, but he just had the odd mistake. And you were very you trash-talked him. No, I, I think yeah. that, is, that is where people aren't maybe surprised by this, is because last year there was the speed. So this is now the speed with some stability. Yeah, and you kind of got to guess you kind of got to put together that there was a lot of work what went on in the, in the winter period and the beginning of this year with 114. And if you, if you notice that they have, do have the HRC logo, so do they have HRC parts? They've had HRC logo for ever, I think. Okay. Um, but well done for no, wherever you notice that. That's quite a big thing for you. All right, easy, Tiger. I thought we were playing nice, but if you want me to bring out my claws, no, I that will. Was nice. that, that was nice. Like that is quite a, that is quite an impressive thing for you to pick up on. Speaking of claws, I got scratched by a bunny yesterday. Where was there a bunny? Uh, Olivia's got two rabbits. Okay, Jack and Lucy. Okay, if you're listening. Okay. <laughs> so, do you think Fernandez can continue this? Yes, I think he's going to be good, good, good this year. But uh, a little bit disappointed about gifting. 
Okay. Okay, we'll get to that. I think Fernandez moving forward is going to slip back to being a fifth, sixth place guy consistently, but I'm sure there'll be other podiums throughout the year. Oh, I think the top 10 is going to constantly change. It's just literally whoever's got second is going to get ninth one week. It, it, the, the MX2 field, top 10, stacked. Stacked. Yeah, it is. It's stacked with talent. It's stacked, but it's just like people aren't. It's because they're not known people, so people aren't really buying into it. Right, you've got Gifting, uh, Gifting Capodium, Rubini Capodium, Harrop Capodium, Todd Capodium, Gertz Capodium, Benestant Capodium, uh, Lagenfelder Capodium, Guadagini Capodium, Beaton Capodium, Renault Capodium, Hoffer, Van Bustite, Boirami, Fernandez. Yeah. Stacked. Yeah. Stacked. Um, Stacked. Yes, it was. It was. Yes, it's stacked. But my point is that people people aren't invested in it because they don't know the guys well enough. So this is why, like I said at the start, I'm working on a feature that's basically so you're trying to follow MX2, and I'm trying to be like, so this Fernandez guy, he came from here and he got dropped by FN8, and like Maxime Renault is had this factory deal five years ago, got injured a ton, lost it, and is now back. He's the ultimate comeback story. So maybe you want to cheer for him because you like that sort of thing. Like, you know, I'm trying to make it so that people have something to relate to with each rider. Okay, well, hurry up then. I don't, I'm not going to lie. I don't want to be dramatic. I might, have a bit, I might have a bit too much work on my plate. I'm not uh, going to lie. We're one round down. It's fucking, it's not looking great. Uh, well, uh, I can help you with that. I no, can lessen you your load by giving up Twitter for Matley. If people would like to see me on Twitter for Matley, just speak. That's all you need to do. Speak. Okay. Let's make this happen, people. Bro Romain, not surprising. Third overall, good on hardback. Uh, Moose, Har- Moose, what? <laughs> good on hardback. He's good hard on hardback. He's good on hardback. <laughs> <laughs> Moose Dykes, uh, solid. Not obviously his best track in the world, but, you know, good enough. Hoffer. Hoffer, Hoffer was my surprise of MX2. Hoffer yeah. was really good. And I think I said this before the GP you started. Did. You did. Hoffer is underrated. Hoffer wins a GP this year. It's good that you say 20 things and you're able to pick out two. So, like, if I just shouted this person, this person, this person, and then one of them, you know, you're going to sound like a genius, aren't you? Hoffer was, really, Hoffer was really good. Um, Renault, I don't really know what happened to Renault. He just never seemed to be in a good position. I don't know. Weird. Beaton was fast, had crashes. Bloody hell, that second motor finish line crash was something else. Obviously, it was kind of better for Beaton than it was Gifting, but also very happy that Gifting is alive. Did Beaton um, get beaten? Okay. Uh, Guadagnini had flashes, but uh, he had flashes, but ultimately kind of did what I would have thought. Yeah. Uh, Jan Pankar. Do you know Jan at all, James? Yeah, I like Jan. Yeah, we hang anything, out. Quite you, anything you can tell us about Jan? Yeah, he's a Virgo. Um, he, That's your go-to thing. I've heard you say that so many yeah, times. He, like, uh, there are other, other star signs fish. are available. He, uh, he prefers fish over meat. Uh, he likes long walks on the beach. And he has a cat called Fluffy. Well, everyone who listened to my uh, MX manager advice last week, you're welcome for that pick. Uh, it isn't actually that surprising because he is a good hard pack rider. This is just the first time that he's actually been on TV and been noticed for it, I think. Gertz is injured and we will see how much better it gets. That second motor was encouraging. It's good but, to see him back in a camper van, though. But he did wash the front end a lot again. So does a leopard change its spots? I guess we'll see, but who knows. 
Kaiser Wolf, also impressive. A lot of speed, but crashed second moto, so that kind of ruined it. He was on for like a 10-6 day, which would have been a great debut. So that's, that was encouraging, and I think he's going to do something here quite quickly. Uh, you wanted to say something about gifting? Yeah, he's still gifted. Okay, that's, you are really struggling, aren't you, with um, things to say on the MX2 class. Good to see where we're at with that. Imagine if you were hosting right now. It'd be way better than this pile of shit. Joel Rizzi was actually quite... Um, that's really great for your employees' morale. We really need to discuss that in the future. Joel Rizzi was actually better than I thought and could have got points in the second moto, which would have been a big win for him and 114 because I think that is the goal, but straight away, probably not. But yeah, close. But he had to back off in the second race because he was using his clutch too much and he felt it started to slip. So... That's what about point. Simon? Because Simon's been out of the game for a little while. Well, Simon Lagenfelder. Yeah. The most German name of German names. What a throwback to like best bits of previous podcasts. Yeah. Um, I don't even really remember where, why that came up or what I was saying. Lagenfelder! It can just be, any, that's what I was saying. It can be anything. Like, oh, say to a German guy, like, oh, what's the name for that pencil? Oh, it's a Lagenfelder. Like, okay, makes sense. Oh, what's the name for that lamppost? Oh, Oh, this here is a Lajonfelder. Okay, makes sense. That just makes sense. Yeah, he's good. He's better. Like, he's again better than people realize. Been off for a while from GP. He's still very young. Still basically a rookie. Even a 250 rookie. He hasn't had a full season on a 250 yet. But he was strong. I think encouraging things on the way. So, yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of the young guys, the Lajonfelders, the Hoffers, the um, Wolfs, are all going to slowly start to inch their way into that top five more and more and kind of add to the depth in this class. So that's exciting. Future of MXGP, people. That worries me a little bit. Why? Because I, I, feel, like we need, I feel like people need to invest in them now. I'm not talking about speed or anything. I'm just saying like people need to invest in them now to support and believe in them in MXGP. I feel like I feel quite a lot of pressure myself because I feel like I need to like expose these people now so that when they move to MXGP, people are like, oh, that's so-and-so. But also, I'm not sure if people care. So like, yeah. Do you know, do you know who I'm excited um, about to go 450? Who? Jeb Beaton. What? Because you think he'll be... Good I think, or? yeah, I think Jeb Beaton's going to be like an Olsen Watson. He's going to be oh, Yeah, he's a, he'll, he's a sneaky good pick for a 450 yeah. for sure. If I, if I was a team and was looking for a, a rookie, um, to kind of mould into, uh, I think, yeah, 100% Jeb Beaton. He, he's got to go up at the end of this year, so we'll see. But I, I too believe he can be quite good in a 450. I've heard, his name, I've heard his name be thrown around a little bit um, in the paddock about 450 possibilities. So yeah. we shall see. Anything else on the MX2 class? We kind of blitzed through that, but we've got a lot to do on this show. So Yeah, no, I, yeah just, um, yeah, gifting was just, just out of air. Just not, not what you want to see. Right. I expected him to come out swinging. Thanks for that. That's brilliant. We'll get into that a bit later as well because we've got something to do with that. On to the questions. Very efficient with me at the helm this show. Very efficient. It is chop chop. <laughs> it's, you, better, you better be ready because we are moving. No fun here. <laughs> this bus is all no fun. Oh, you need to go to the toilet. Well, hold it because we're yeah. moving. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Do you want to say something fun? Uh, no, no, I'm not allowed to. So uh, you crack on. <laughs> that isn't the idea of me being the host. The only idea of me being the host was 
to help with the direction of conversation. No, it's to take the fun out of everything. That's no, what it not. happens. Let's have some fun. So, James. You actually sound fucking delirious today. I'm not going to lie. I was on pulp at 2 a.m. I'm not very coping very well. What, 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 what does, you know, like parents say? Like, not on a school night. And that's maybe what Piney should have said to you. Not on a school night, Lewis. You got, the, you got, the, you got your main job tomorrow. Well, I was, wor- <laughs> I was working from 6.45 to 2.30 on Sunday. So then yesterday I was already a bit worse for wear. So I'm, I'm just, uh, well, you know what? You know what? While you just punch the clock 10 till 3 every day, I'm out here grinding, making moves. 10 till 3. Jesus Mate, Christ. Uh, some of us are just making moves that you, you wouldn't understand. Hey. What I've, was it? I s- I've been telling you to take a break. You're going to end up was- in a mental hospital. What was it I said two weeks ago? You, people like you just swan through life. Just for everything added to you, you don't know what graft is. Look, we know you're susceptible to brain swelling. So calm down. I don't think we ever officially announced that that was what happened. So, <laughs> great. <laughs> and that was your fault, putting too much stress on it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not afraid to say it. Right. On to the next segment, regular segment, uh, presented by our good friends at Liat. Speaking of which, uh, I know you were supposed to race at the weekend, James. I don't. Particularly, yes, I don't particularly care, but obviously you didn't do that. But um, you do have a six point five carbon neck brace and a three DF airlift body protector from Liat. Uh, I believe you've ridden in them once, maybe more. But how's your? Uh, you enjoying those products, uh, Lewis? I'd like to uh, also mention that I did try out the the nine point five helmet. Okay, but you enjoying your Liat products? Yes, uh, I've got to be honest. Uh, I wore the neck brace 12 years ago when it kind of early days of then coming out. I think it was a GPX something. And the one which, I've, so I've got the carbon one. And uh, I've got to be honest, I didn't even know I had it on. It's that good. In, in the body armor, um, the, the back literally comes out. So the, the brace sits in there. You literally put the straps over the, uh, yeah, I've got to be honest, I was blown away. The, um, and I thought, oh, maybe having a lot of this armor on because I want to feel protected. I thought maybe it's just going to be so hot, but it's actually really good. Super ventilated. Uh, when the, the body armor warmed up, it just molded to your body. So I kind of looked like, you know, quite buff. So um, Okay. Well, okay. Um, thanks for that constructive and productive feedback. Yep. And, look uh, out for a feature on MXY soon because me and you are going to collab on a full review on those products once you ride some more. So, sweet. this is Liat Ask Vice and it's efficient. Just to cut you off there. Yeah. <laughs> no fun. No fun. Move on, please. <laughs> the second I heard you mention the word buff, I was like, we're moving on. That's it. <laughs> no fun. No fun. <laughs> this is the Liat Ask Vice Anything segment. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Liat are known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, of course. And they continue to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet with 360 turbine technology, and free bulletproof velocity goggles that comes with as well, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on liat.com. They also do enduro jackets. So something for everyone, really, over there at Liat. That is kind of their MO now. They've literally, what is there that they don't do? Nothing, exactly. So, don't forget the mountain bike range. Many, many questions this week. Um, many, many questions. Uh, did you take all the fun questions out and just leave the professional questions in? It's funny you say that. And I will, um, 
It's funny you say that because I went it's through true. I went through them all very detailed. It was a very detailed process. It was quite hard because there were so many that I got to the point where I was like, Jesus, like we can't answer all of these questions. So I kind of just went for the ones that, I don't know, I thought they'd bring good discussion. Okay. Okay. So uh, no fun ones. We can discuss and have we, fun. We, we, don't want those dis- we don't want that discussion on the show anymore. I thought, let's have a look. Why is Herding still so overrated and guys are still so underrated? Uh, <laughs> oh, what was causing the multiple crushes at the finish okay, line? Do you mind? You're spoiling the, you're spoiling the questions everyone I'm likes just, to hear for the first time. I'm just uh, scanning down for the fun questions. Okay. First question from Sebastian Edder at Sebastian Edder. Why is hurling still so overrated and why is Geyser still so underrated? James? Actually, no. You know what? Thanks for the input, James. I think... (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, Lewis, I would just like to say that I believe that hurlings was saving some in the bunk. (laughs) Ready for round two at Mutley. And and Geyser was balls out, Lewis. He was was balls out, felt comfortable on a bike. Uh... Russian track was reminiscent to his backyard in Slovenia. It felt good. He felt okay. hot. Thank you, James. Thank you, James. Uh, okay, you just you have to spoil things, don't you? The thing that I kind of took the reason I put this question in is we've answered so far why Geyser is still so underrated. I think that stat is why. I think I don't think anyone knew that stat, but I think subconsciously everyone kind of had that in mind that maybe that had happened or something similar. Because like, I'm sure what? when I'm wandering around Tesco's. Just getting my food for the weekly shop. I'm thinking, hmm, 2017 was the last time that that uh, geyser was in front of Herlins. Hmm, who knew? Because that's what we do. Okay, the that thing that is I, what us mere mortals do when we're going around Tesco's. The thing that I, the reason I put this question in is because the fact that why is Herlins still so overrated really stood out to me because I don't think he's overrated at all. What do you want? What I don't know where that comes from. Why is he like? Why is he overrated? What like? There's no reason you can't make that argument at all with me. I would not buy into that. One second. Okay, we're a bit harsh on Sebastian. He's just asking a question. <laughs> no, it's fine. I appreciate Sebastian's question. Like, thank you, Sebastian, for that. So, so well and good going hard on me, but can you please refrain from the guests? <laughs> It'd be great if they came back next week with a question. You want to talk? I'll tell you what, Sebastian, um, as I feel sorry for you because Lewis is in one of his moods, uh, I've got a Liat cap here uh, for you just to soften the blow after you listen to this. um, You don't know how we do things on this podcast now. I've only got 12 hats, so I'm just wondering how many questions we got and how many other people you're going to vilify for the rest of the show. You don't know how we do things on this podcast now, but last week I, um, I gave it to the best question of the week, not the person we felt sorry for. But anyway, next question. Uh, at Yo, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you should just knock on the head. I'm not good at pronunciations at the best of times. Um, at <laughs> Come on. I can't. Ch- Chopper. At Joan Kuchipers. <laughs> or Coopers. What do you think is Coopers? 
So that's, uh, I'd just like to, uh, so Jerome, I'd just like to, uh, I'd like to give you a hat for my colleague ripping the piss. No, I'm not, I'm just name. struggling. I'm really tired and I'm really struggling. Right, at Jerome Coopers. <laughs> is that right? I hope that's right. Maybe it is. What was causing the multiple crashes at the finish line jump? Yeah, we discussed that. A lot of people, I, when I, I text a lot of riders specifically this question and I was expecting like many different answers but it was all very consistent on the prep of it. So that is it. And the good, the good news is that is a very fixable problem. That's not like, oh yeah, but like, no matter what you do, we're going to have this problem. Like that is a ve- like, ve- problem. There is a solution. So that's good, your own. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was a very awkward. <laughs> I think I could do this one. Okay, well done. At Tom. <laughs> well done. <laughs> At Tom underscore Grimshaw 16. If everybody um, next week could just change their name to like Dave or Kevin, that would be great. All right. So if your name's not Dave or Kevin, it's probably best that you don't send a question in because we ain't going to be fucking happy. <laughs> um, at Tom underscore Grimshaw 16 said, best for trackers being in Russia. Looked more technical. What did you think, James? Uh, I thought a track was shite. Okay, uh, no, that's I, I. You know what? I thought when I read this when I read this question last night, I put a lot of thought into it. I think so. The changes were definitely better. I would say. Maybe I, I would have liked to have maybe seen more water go down in the morning, like even to the point that maybe MX2 practice would have just been a slosh fest. Shosh. I feel like maybe that would have been a good thing, but then also that would have obviously not been too gone down too well with like MX2 riders and stuff. But I think it was better for sure. It's definitely better, I think. A lot of riders didn't like the track, but some told me that they actually liked the way it was prepped because they could move around and use the whole track rather than it being slot cars everywhere and they were just stuck in a line. So there was definitely more positivity this week, I would say. Okay. Just, just TV-wise, it didn't, didn't seem great. At F Smoothest, where does this track rank for you among MXGP courses on the schedule? Some corners offered many useful lines, while other sections were extremely one-lined. Yeah, I got. I, I, I'm super negative um, to the track this week. I just didn't enjoy the racing. I, it was, I was bored. Okay, brilliant. Thanks for that. <laughs> I just did. Apart from Geyser's performance, it was just. Yeah, but you have those races. There's always. There's some GPs that I go to, and I'm like, I'm so glad I'm here. There's so much happening that I need to like cover and speak about and think about. Jesus, I'm so glad I'm here. And then there are others like this past weekend where. Just for whatever reason, it happens at the best tracks in the world. Just nothing really happens. And this was one of them. So, for instance, two years ago in Russia, Herlin's gear bag didn't turn up and he missed free practice. And like suddenly that GP, there's, there's a lot going on and there's a lot to talk about. And like even something off track like that, it just makes it, oh, suddenly there's a lot of a buzz and a lot of like, oh, woo, woo. Where did he get his gear from? Uh, it arrived uh, after free practice. So they drove to the airport and picked it up and then made it back. Oh. Was he wearing kind of like wolf sport for the, for the first practice? No, he didn't do the first practice. Great that we're covering 2019 Russia now. Hmm. See, a lot of people would say it's the worst track on... Actually, this is a, this is, I saw this debate going on online. Russia or Semarang? What, the car park? <laughs> the hotel one in Indonesia. The <laughs> hotel man- car park. No, the ma- it wasn't the hotel car. The man-made... The- Russia, the man. uh, old-school hillside, proper old-school circuit, or 
Palembang. Uh, man made really good dirt. Everyone loved the dirt. Everyone thought that was amazing. Like the track layout and all of that. But in a hotel man made like. flat track. What one? Do, what one would you choose? I'd, I'd actually just you know that bomb sound you got with a guy screaming. I'd actually put one of those into both of those tracks. Okay, I see. I I think there's a place for Russia on a schedule. I tr- truthfully, I'd like it to not be the first round again, just because I don't think it's a very good track for the first round. But it doesn't I think build a, the excitement. I think there, there was no excitement. No, around but do you want to know what I figured out why this was? Two reasons. The, the reasons for this are twofold. One, we spent. You know, when you look forward to something for so long that the old, the end product just can't quite like live up to it. Well, you say that, but I look forward to Christmas, and when it arrives, I'm happy. I'm not. I'm like, this is, well, this is just a load of rubbish, really. I feel like with the longer off-season, everyone spent so long, like, what's going to happen? How is this going to do? What's, what's going to happen? Well, how is this going to be? That there was so much hype and so much talk that Russia never could have lived up to that. And also, secondly, I think not having a Saturday, take, because the Saturday provides so many stories. I tweeted this on the weekend. Saturday is, or was the day that I most enjoyed doing my job because there were so many like, oh, this happened and what's that mean for tomorrow? And oh, like Volkenswad last year, for instance, Geyser's bike broke in qualifying. So he started in 30th gate pick. And suddenly, Saturday night, that was all anyone was talking about. Like, can you get a start on this track? And oh, well, what's this going to do? Like, can he come through? And how, uh, like, so without the Saturday, you lose some of that because you just kind of are straight into the motos and you're like, oh, here we are. So, um, that's why I miss the Saturdays, to be honest. But no, F smoothest. I wouldn't say that this is the worst track. No way. Uh, I think it, there's definitely a place for it on a schedule, in my opinion. I just wouldn't like it to be round one. At Borden Ver, something I found interesting is how everyone shits on American motocross compared to GPs, but Lupino raced the first round here just a few weeks ago and finished like 14th overall, but then went to round one for GPs and finishes fourth overall. James. Well, Lewis... Uh, I take the Borden's uh, point of view. However, um, I think uh, Lupino is not a good uh, measurement tool for both series. Um, And the fact that he uh, qualified fourth fastest on basically a stock KTM. So uh, Stock KTM, okay, hold off on that. Well, what was in it? Rocket fuel? Okay. Uh, okay. Well, Go on. Okay. So, well, may- maybe a stock-ish uh, KTM. I'm not trying to big up the Europeans here, but maybe he put a pipe on there. Maybe he took a suspension. Um, I don't really know what else he would have had done to the bike. And I think, I think we've seen glimpses of, of what Max has, has done on a, on a 20-year-old Suzuki. Um, and obviously Supercross and Motocross. So, I, hey, look, it's, um, it's, I don't think, and I don't think anybody in Europe shits on American motocross. Um, I, I yet to find somebody who doesn't love pro motocross or supercross. So, um, I don't know if this is a, uh, the Borden is referring to like a vital thing or whatever, but everybody I speak to loves American motocross. And uh, I think we're past the days of, of America and Europe and who's fastest and all that sort of stuff. So I think, uh, as you can see, Russia, uh, for some reason, um, Lupino gelled, gelled with Russia. But again, he could go to Matley and uh, he might get uh, 20th. Who knows? I think that's the same for 
for the US as well. Uh, there's going to be um, particular riders what go well at certain tracks. So that's my answer. What's your answer, Lewis? Lupino is just such an oddball thing this year that I just like... It's like, not a great knows? measuring stick, is it? Like, is he going to come 15th for the next round or is he going to now go on to finish second? Like, I don't really know what Lupino is going to do this year now. But no one, no one, everyone knows that American motocross is great. I don't think anyone shits on it. Like, Jesus, I think I would argue that that 450 class is deeper than the MXGP class. I'm, I'm excited for pro motocross. I'm more Probably excited more so- for pro motocross than I was for Russia. I just love racing. It's a lot happening now. I'm not going to lie. It's a bit of a shock to the system. Next question. Mm-hmm. At Kelton Guiver, from Tim winning by 10 seconds, do you expect it to be a boring season? Season? No. And, I, I, and, I, and again, I, I, I really just want to get past Russia and get Matali under our, under our belts because I, I've said it a lot on the show so far, but I don't think we can use Russia as a is an idea to where the season's going to go. I think there's a lot of riders. I'd, I'd love to speak to riders like, you know, as much as you do, because that'd be the question of like, how, how much was it just 90% you, you, you were giving out there? Because you know that even if you touched 100%, you were just going to end up on the floor. So it's like, do you risk your whole season in one race? And I wonder how many riders had that in the back of their minds. Everyone did. Everyone did. And like, Russia was just, same as anything. First round's always weird. There's jitters. It's all weird. Um, everyone wants to just get out of the first round healthy, especially when it's a track that's known. Like 2019, there were so many injuries in Russia. So many. Caroli, uh, DeSalle, Lupino. Off the top of my head, there's more. I think Paul Ann had a big crash. Um, so the fact that so like the fact that we've left there with no real injuries, I'm very happy about. But back to Kelton's question. No, there's, this isn't going to be a boring season. You, there's no way that Hurlings doesn't rise up and win races. There's no way that Prado doesn't rise up and win races. Caroli will do that. Sewer will do that. Fevra will do that. Ben will do that eventually. Jonas will do that eventually. Olsen will get in the mix eventually. Like, there's, two, there's no way one guy dominates this. No. No. Although he did look good. He did look good. And he is, he is now in the, he is in the driving seat. I think everyone else... He, he's top of the power rankings. We need yeah, to bring every, power rankings back, by the way. Guy, you, every time I did those, you shit on them. No, I, I quite like them, though. Well, of course you do. Uh, basically, how MX Ice works. I come to you with an idea, tell you about it, you tell me you hate it, and then six months later, you tell me that I should be doing it. And I'm like, well, you tell uh, me you hate Actually, it. knobhead, back about seven years ago, eight years ago, we had hot or not. Yeah, you told me to stop that because everyone was complaining. Well, I actually almost brought that back before Russia. Well, the only reason that you had to stop hot or not is because someone threatened to punch you in the face. That wasn't about that column. And then a team manager literally lost his shit. That was about that column. A British championship. T- I put hot or not was basically 2014 Lewis Phillips production was just a column, a quick column right after the race where I put three riders in the hot column, like they were good today, they're hot property, and three riders in the not column because they had a rough day for whatever reason. And I put a rider in the not column and the team manager for the British Championship team GP, GP riders obviously get it it's covering the sport a British Championship team manager basically luckily I went to the toilet and while I was in the toilet he found James and basically told James that I was the worst person in the world and how the hell is the team meant to operate when I'm putting them under a not column um, <laughs> and at this point to this day ludicrous team, it sounds it's true to this day that team manager is still very off with me and very 
scared of me. <laughs> All because of hot or not. <laughs> yeah, I might bring that back though. I almost did. I genuinely almost did before yeah. as, as a preview for Russia, just like who's hot and who's not going yeah. in. So anyway, power rankings is uh, an evolution of hot or not. Anyway, time's ticking, James. We need to keep moving. At Racer998, has your opinion changed on, changed on Geyser being a threat to win the title? He beat number 84 and number 61. I'm, I put Geyser and Herlin's percentages equal. You were the one who didn't, so you need to answer this. Yeah, I think, I think after what I've seen was... I, I, whether that was a, just a one-off standout performance, but the fact he came from last to first... And done it with quite ease. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely tipped the balance. Um, it tipped the balance as in he, he's definitely 50-50 now with, um, with Hurlins. Uh, where before, definitely, it would have, I would have put him, I think I put him at 40%, didn't I? Uh, I can't remember. I do remember you putting him at 5 to be 50, 45, and 5, I think I put. Um, and then I changed it a little bit. But yeah, I, yeah, he. Uh, for I wasn't. I wasn't on the. You know, is. Um, I wasn't as appreciative of Tim. Uh, is racecraft is what I'm seeing now, and and that was a big wake up call for me, and I'm pretty sure it's probably for this, for a lot of other people. So, if you were not on that, if you were a little bit kind of, uh, well, is he? Yes. Yeah, he's the real deal. He he's he's here to stay, and uh, it's going to be for everybody else to take that crown away from him, uh, not for him to win it back. I think he's 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 the authority now in that class. My my opinion. Thanks, for that. thanks, for that James. Okay, so now you got your question coming up next. This guy really enjoyed last week's podcast because he didn't get just destroyed by you, and that's going to continue this week. At Hegyan Lois, biggest surprise of Russia. Fernandez, Usland, Caroli, Van Donick, or Pankar? Well, I didn't know you, you predicted Pankar, but I've got to say, um, the biggest surprise, I think, was for me was Fernandez out of, out of that group. Because um, we knew he was fast, but it was, the question was, was putting two races together. And he done that for his first podium. So, yeah. Impress, I was impressed with Caroli and I was impressed with Fernandez, but surprise, I would go either Usland or Van Donick because I didn't think Usland would get points and he went 14 14, so far beyond points. Yeah. And who the hell saw Van Donick moving up to seventh in the first race? Yeah. I can't really pick between those. No. I, I, yeah. There's a great question because, um, great question, Lewis, because, uh, yeah, because, all, you know, those are the riders. Pankar, I've probably not given enough justice to because you said he was a great hard pack rider and you picked him for MX manager. So, you know, that's a story in itself. But yeah. I, I, I got to say, Fernandez getting his podium in Russia, I think that's, that's the one. But Karoli, I think, a close second because I didn't see that performance coming either. Okay, thanks for that, James. Hmm, no worries. At Greg underscore Wilcox 28, how scary was it for Lewis that Caroli nearly won a moto after saying he wouldn't? Well, Greg, <laughs> I didn't say that. That was Tom Neal. Oh, okay. That was the co-host last week. That was not me. I put Caroli down as a moto winner this year. So, yeah, Greg. Yeah. Mm. At Leaford, panic button for 222 yet? N- no. Why, why would there be a panic button? He rode amazing. Yeah. No, 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 no. 
No, no, not even... That couldn't have been 22 because he had a good day as well. Like, no. Leaf, like, I just... No, it was such a good day for Crowley. Such a good day. Yeah. The most encouraging day he's had, I would say, in two years. If there was a panic burn, that would have snapped off in the second moto. Okay, brilliant. (laughs) At Ollie Building, what happened to number 426 at the weekend? He was ill... The week there was a British Championship race a week before, and he was ill there, and he was still ill in Russia. He tried practice and just couldn't ride. But weird because if you've got the flu or something, you get over it in a couple of days, don't you? So this is going on like ten days now. So I don't know if it's like a virus or like I don't know, but strange that it's still that bad. I expected him to maybe be a bit weak at Russia and like not quite there, but obviously coming off the back of an illness. I didn't think him. I didn't expect him to still be in the middle of it. Yeah, it's obviously a bit of a... I mean, Hitachi's got to be kind of pulling the hair out a little bit because this is a great opportunity for him this year. So, um, yeah, a real shame. At Jens Olsen, what are your thoughts that MXGP should have their own app for live timing and results? Uh, you would have thought an organization that size would be able to adopt something, wouldn't you? Uh, when I first read that, I was like, eh, no, it's fine. But Supercross and Pro Motocross both have apps and I use them. Yeah. More than I realized. It was only once I thought about it, I was like, oh, I actually use, I don't use the app for results. I just use it for live timing because yeah. it's right there. And it's really like, if I'm driving or whatever, it's easy to just refresh live timing. Not that I'd go on my phone while I'm driving. That's bad. But no, I, I don't, to be fair, they've got a new uh, live timing system this year. Yeah, and then they gone back to, is it MyLapse or something? I don't think they were ever there. But the way it was, I found out about this in the middle of last year, and some of the things that they're going to be able to do now are really cool. It's going to be good. Like, they found, they told me about it because they know I'm a stat guy, and they were like, oh, you're going to be able to do so many more stats now because we're going to have this information, and we're going to have this information, and we're going to do this. And I was like, oh, brilliant. So I don't know when we start to see all of that stuff, but it's going to, it should get quite more in-depth and good. So there will be improvements, maybe not an app, but there will be some really exciting improvements in other areas. He actually could be listening to you right now. He's a big fan of you. Who? The stat man. Oh, yeah. Um, You're well, like he's the not stat. No, he's not. You're like, it wasn't, you, you are like his, his illegitimate child. It wasn't the stat man. It was a timing guy who told me this. Oh, uh, okay. You're, what, uh, what's what's the guy who, um, who, who, you speak to for quite a long period of time. He just grabs you like in the strange places. No, that's not literally no, on your body. I mean, yeah, he's just a, he's, a, the he's the only guy who appreciates my stats in the world. He is um he is the sporting manager, I think his title is, and he built. He's basically got all of the GP winners from every year, every track ever. So he gave it to me to help me with stats because like us stat people, we've got to stick together. But everyone at MXGP is cool. Like even Ludwig, the uh, timing guy. I like Ludwig. Anyway. That is, who knew? Leah, ask twice anything. Yeah. Uh, congratulations to Sebastian and Jerome. Yep. Congratulations to Sebastian and Jerome. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, Leah, ask twice anything. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Leah continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. Quite a development for the South African brand there. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet with 360 turbine technology and three bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear at liat.com. And obviously, uh, Mattis Brahame was on the podium with Liat at the weekend, so strong start for those guys. Right, that was part 
two of the MX Vice show, where there's a lot of information and names and things thrown around. Like a lot going on in this show. But part two was presented by uh, Technical Touch. With an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in MXGP. You too can experience the best in suspension, like Jeremy Sewer and Ben Watson, and close to home too. Visit technical-touch.com slash KYB hyphen authorized hyphen dealer to find an authorized KYB by Technical Touch dealer in your country. Take your ride, no matter what bike that is, to the next level. Right. That is part two. Thanks, Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix, Armour, and Blenzel Oils for the support. We'll be back shortly with Armour You Smarter Than a Birth, the Blenzel Performance of the Week, and some other stuff, I think. <laughs> Fun. I can't imagine we'll have any more of that. I think we've had enough fun. Some fun. <laughs> I'd imagine that we'll probably take. I'd, I'd imagine we'll probably not have any fun on the next episode anyway, either, because we've had so much of this fun that it almost accounts for both. Anyway, that is part two. We'll be back in a bit. Thanks for listening. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or out-performs Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. Instagram. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 72 of the MX Vice Show. Uh, we've wrapped up the MXGP and MX2 classes from round one of 2021. A lot to talk about, and uh, we still have some stuff coming up, such as Armour You Smarter Than a Birth, Blenzel Performance of the Week, and we will have some fantasy talk as well. Uh, the final part of the MX Vice Show is brought to you by Prox Performance Parts, who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements for all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Uh, Matisse Brarame got on the MX2 podium with his Prox performance parts, so... There you go. What more proof do you need? Uh, are you still there, James? Are you still enjoying the podcast? Are you still having a great time? Hanging in there, buddy. Hanging in there. Um, I'm just waiting for the fantasy talk. Are you? Um, how's retired life now that you're not hosting? Retired life's great. Uh, do you know what? It's been a breath. Of, had last week off. Come back. I haven't got to do my usual things. It's great. 
It's like, uh, yeah, thanks for looking after me. All the time I suggested that I was hosting and you said I just wanted control. Do you now understand that maybe you should be open to new ideas? No. You, uh, you still want control. I really don't, but it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, so I was going to actually give you an opportunity to shine here because mm. normally in the final part of the show, we do the Planet Motor bombshell and, I give, and we both have an opportunity to provide a bombshell. Obviously, I kind of stepped on your toes earlier in the show and just steamrolled my bombshell through there. So, James Burfield, the floor is yours. If you have a Planet Motor bombshell that you would like to share with the thousands of listeners, you go ahead. Okay. Uh, this is completely not planned, by the way. I've completely just sprung this on him out of nowhere. <laughs> this week's Planet Bombshell of the Week would be Lupino getting fourth overall in the MXGP. Opening round. Boom. It's, it's, this doesn't get better. <laughs> that sounds worse. horrific. <laughs> I made that myself, mate. I wonder what that says about me as a person. <laughs> I actually sat is, on my laptop and constructed that. Is that you actually screaming? No, I just um, searched for a bomb falling sound, searched for an explosion sound, and then searched for a man screaming and put them all together and made it so that it uh, resulted in that absolute masterpiece. Wow. Yeah. Um, no, okay, that's, that was a bit of a weak Planet Motor bombshell, but... Uh, thanks for that. And obviously, as we mentioned earlier in the show, there are many packages available at Planet Moto and you can ride tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, really. So just visit planetmoto.co for more information on the packages that they have available. I wonder if any... Um, obviously, it's a natural thing for an English person, a French person, a Belgian person to do to go to Spain and ride. I wonder if any American people like look at the Spanish motocross holidays as something cool to try. Because obviously, the other way... Europeans look at California motocross holidays as a great option. So I wonder if it works the other way. Uh, no. Okay. Well, America is great. God bless the USA. And I'm not even taking a piss. I love America so much. It hurts. It's intense. That was very intense. <laughs> My God. Um, you need therapy. And, and no sleep by the sound of it. <laughs> So, you were away last week. Uh, Tom Neal stepped in and did a phenomenal job. Great job, Tom. If you're, let's say that you are typically a 2 out of 10. Tom was probably a 9. So, it was a big step up. And oh, I'll take that. The podcast, 2 out of 10 is quite good for you, by the way. Uh, the podcast changed a little bit because rather than the Blenzel performance of the week from the weekend just gone, which is a bit plain, like we all know who the performances of the weekend just gone are, we now have a bit of a game. So... The thing is, we both have to make one bold prediction for the weekend coming up. So effectively, we're predicting the performance of the week coming up. Well, interesting, Lewis. Oh, because, that's fine. Um, uh, you interrupt the host. Yeah, uh, because the performance of the week uh, will be anything other than British motocross. Okay, no one cares. Thank you. Because we're the only country what puts two national championships on the same day. So, last week, we started this game. Uh, points are awarded, and at the end of the season, we will have a champion. I think, it's, I think what we will do is the co-host versus the host, because so, otherwise it will get a bit confusing if you're going to start not showing up. So last week, I said Lupino would be top 10 in a moto, which I just absolutely smashed. So that's one point for Lewis. Chink. And 
Tom Neal said, just going through my notes, that Isaac Gifting would be top three in a moto, which Ooh. obviously he didn't even get three points, so let alone finish in the top three. So um, that's a bit of a crash and burn. So at this stage in the competition, after one week, it's one nil to Lewis okay. on the Blendall Performance of the Week game. But weekend coming up, who, what, what are you going to pick? It can't be something like, oh, I think, I think um, Roxon's going to win the AMA. Like that's boring. Something very specific and random. Like you're even down to, um, uh, like it's going to rain at high point, or you know, like um, Max Anstey's going to finish top eight in both motos, or Zach Osborne is going to return from the back issue and perform well. Uh, the only chance of Max going top 10 is if he steals someone else's bike. Uh, I feel like improvements are coming. Uh, maybe maybe High Point will be a step forward, but I imagine we will see a proper step forward at the following round at Redbud because obviously there's another weekend off coming off after High Point, so that will help. Have they got a new bike? No, but... I just obviously time is valuable, James. Uh, I don't want you to forget that time is valuable. Okay, uh, so I am going to predict that. Uh, let me think about this. AC will pull it all together and go one-one. Oh wow, that's okay. You're very specific there. Chances of that being a very slim, but okay. I will go. I will go. I will go. Um, have a let's think. See. <laughs> let's see here. Um, time is valuable, but of course, we've got all the time in the world. We, we've so. got you, yes. So, uh, <laughs> when it comes to you, there are no rules. Uh, <laughs> I will go. Joey Savacci will be top eight in both motos at high point. I think that's my. So, those are. That is your yeah. prediction. So I literally put it out there, went crazy of a 1-1, one, one, and you basically said, Savacci's going to roll around an eighth. No, this is an idea. Like I told you, you don't have to predict the winner. It's just anything. But not something very like, oh, I think Tomac is going to score okay. points. Okay, right, I'll, I'll go something pretty tame then. Barsha's going to podium. Well, that's not, that's not tame. He hasn't had a podium so far. So that's... Okay, so you think... You, you have Barsha will be on the overall podium locked in? And I have Savachi will be in the top eight overall locked in. Okay, I've written that down. That is noted. So we will see next week how our Blenzel Performance of the Week predictions have got on. And obviously, as everyone knows by now, for over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Castor Oil has been a secret choice for many championship winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2022 Stroke World Championship using Blenzel, Nothing outlubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original Green Label Racing Caster to the 455 Ultra or the Versatile Gold Label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop for Blenzel's full line of two-stroke and four-stroke racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow Blenzel on Instagram. So that is the Blenzel Performance of the Week predicted round two. Let's see how we get on. It's one nil Lewis so far. Uh, Tom Neal scored zero points last week. Let's see if James can up that and get on the board. Let's see. Let's see. Boom. So, James. Tom, uh, Tom got what points? Zero points. Really? 
Yeah, I, we, we've, I've just been over that. Isaac Gift, he predicted Isaac Gifting would be top three because oh. he actually played the game properly and put like a proper prediction in, like Isaac Gifting would be top three in a moto. And obviously, oh, okay. that didn't happen. Okay. Are you all caught up? Oh, sorry, I thought you were doing Army, you're smarter than Ruff. I'm, I'm ahead of myself. No. Oh, sorry, Jesus. Bloody Christ. That's a nice segue for you. No, no actually, I was going to say before we. Uh, actually, you know what? Yeah, let's do Armour, you smarter than a birth. Why not? That's what I'm here for. Did you miss this game last week? Uh, no. Did you feel like your mental health improved without this game? Yes. Well, let's tear that back down. It's Armour, you smarter than a birth time. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the only fun we can have. No, we had a lot of fun trying to pronounce names. <laughs> we did, yeah. <laughs> Armour You Smarter Than a Birth is presented by Armour Would you believe it? Armour is an action and, and adventure lifestyle driven brand founded by action sports industry veterans Armour recognised a void in the marketplace and created a complete line of nutritional supplements formulated especially to help athletes and enthusiasts of all levels Armour's products were developed and tested in real world conditions by an all-star team of athlete owners but includes none other than Jeremy McGrath you might have heard of him Chad Reed, you might have heard of him. And Nick Way, you might have heard of him. Armour Sport is now available in Europe too, as you would have seen on the MXY social media channels, but uh, we'll share that again coming up just so you can take advantage and get the same products that Adam Cincerello uses in U- the UK and Europe. Right, James. Right, Lewis. Last time we played this game, you got zero points and it was maybe the most depressing segment of any podcast ever because we basically got through it in about 20 seconds and just you got zero points and we didn't there wasn't even really much discussion no it was not a good t- it was not a good day and, and that was actually probably uh the straw that broke the camel's back well i was worried actually because when you disappeared i was worried i did feel like our podcast was the reason for that i'm not gonna lie and i was very concerned so i thought you know what I feel like the podcast has really done James in here so much so that he's left work for a week. What should I do? I know. I'll go ahead and do the podcast without him and make it better. Just to really stomp him into the ground. <laughs> like, oh, mad, are you? Well, watch this. <laughs> watch this, you bald prick. Wow. Okay, just insult yourself there. <laughs> so, as always, five questions. Uh, four points are needed to win. There are six points on the table. Are you ready, James? I am born ready, Lewis. Question numero uno. There were three Belgian riders in the top six in MX1 in the 2005 series. Who were they? Hmm. Strybos. Incorrect. In the 2005 series? Yes. MXGP? Yes. Mm. <laughs> Ramon I mean yeah that's correct I mean you are already wrong but you might as well still have a game Everts yep and hmm. I don't you're right there yeah I don't actually know what did you say Everts Ramon I don't know a third uh, Strybos' Suzuki teammate Desau Yes, yes, that's right, James DeSalle. Well done. No, that's very wrong. In fact, that's embarrassingly wrong because DeSalle wasn't even a pro at that point, let alone on a 450. Was it Dedeiker? No. Was it? Uh... Okay. Dedeiker was ninth in the points that year, but he was on a privateer Honda, so. Hmm. 
Okay, no, I don't know. Joel Smets. Great. 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 I'm glad we were having a great time. Brilliant. Zero points. Question one. Question two. KTM signed a powerhouse team for the MX1 class in 2006. Fuck. (laughs) Who were their free riders? Such a dick. Who would even have a bike in 2006? KTM signed a powerhouse team for the MX1 class in 2006. Who were their free riders? Basically, KTM were like, you know what? Let's basically destroy Everett's final season and take this title from him. So they really went all out and signed a powerhouse team. One of their riders was previously on a Honda. One of them is a rider you always forget on this game whenever he comes up in a question. And one of them had previously battled I, Everts for a championship. I, I that's forgot fr- again. <laughs> that's three very big clues there. I got no idea. <laughs> Anything? No. <laughs> Any names? At this uh, point, I'll take like Adam Cincerello as an answer. Just anything. <laughs> Towley? No. Uh, Towley had left at that point. He was on a pro circuit bike in America. I'm guessing it wasn't Coppins. <laughs> I'm guessing it wasn't... Uh, <laughs> Um, Philip Hartz <laughs> no fucking no I had no idea but it, 2006 actually 2006 I would have watched the um, Nations at Matley wouldn't I uh, two of these riders definitely wouldn't have been at the Nations at Matley hmm. uh, no, no idea no idea nothing at all nothing even no. there. okay not uh, even what? someone remotely walking around with a fucking <laughs> sign saying, over here. Sebastian Tortelli. Right. Mikel Pichon. Yeah. And the one you always forget when he comes up in the game, Jonathan Barrigan. Wow. Wow. Wow, indeed. This is, this is just as depressing as a previous one. There's no yeah. energy. Where's the energy, James? Uh, I'm going to say 05 and 06 must have been hard years. Okay. <laughs> I've done a lot to, a lot to uh, push those memories out. The team that Jeremy Van Horbeek is on now. Yes? Yeah. What bike were they on last year? Hello. Uh, <laughs> I thought it's a brand new team. <laughs> I, thought, I thought they were a brand new team. So you just said the 2002 <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> you just said the 2005 and 2006. It must have been rough years. <laughs> now about 2020. <laughs> I can hate this game. Um, right, what's the name of this team? I'm not going to tell you that because you'll just get it. That's kind of the idea. Um, That's like me saying, what, what, what bike does Red Bull KTM use okay, in 2007? I, I'm going to go last year. They were... Um, Husqvarna. That's incorrect, I'm afraid. Fantastic. What about if I told you... <laughs> KTM. What about if I said... No. No. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Kazaki. No, what the hell? <laughs> Yamaha. Yes. Oh, is it SD Corsa? Yes, SD Corsa. Okay. Uh, See, if I told you what team, what the team name was, I you would have known it was Yamaha. Away, yeah. yeah. Right. Cool. 
Right. <laughs> okay. Um, right. So 2005 wasn't for you. 2006 wasn't for you. 2020 wasn't for you. How about a 2021 question? Got anything for 19? <laughs> which discipline is Samuel, Samuel Bernardini racing in now? And on which manufacturer is he riding for? Uh, I'm guessing he's doing Enduro. That's point. That's half right. What manufacturer is he riding for? And I'm guessing he's riding for. Hmm. I would have gone with TM, but I'm going to go with Sherco. <laughs> I almost just spat my drink out over my laptop. <laughs> is it beat up? No, it's Honda. <laughs> is it Honda? Yeah. My favourite part about that is like you would have gone for TM even though Bernardini hasn't ridden a TM for like three years. <laughs> I thought maybe he just made a comeback. <laughs> like, you said that. Like, you blatantly thought he was on a TM last year. No, he's running for a Honda in Enduro now. So, final have nice, question. Have a nice time, Samuel. <laughs> and maybe the last time he's ever mentioned on this podcast. So, yeah. I don't know if we should play like a little... Like, well, that. that probably will be the last time that Samuel Bernardini play, is play ever mentioned show. on the MX Vice podcast. So we'll see you again, Samuel. Thanks for, thanks for coming out. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right, okay. Right, very easy question. This okay. is right in your wheelhouse. This is right. a rider who you adore, and it's recent. Okay. And there's not many options. For two points, and your only points today, James Burfield, you have 30 seconds to work this out. Adam Sterry has raced for five teams since becoming a professional. I need to hear all of them in 30 seconds time. Continue working out now. Okay. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> only five teams. This is literally only five teams, and you have been to races where he has ridden on all of these. So you have seen it with your own eyes. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't trust him at your age. <laughs> that's why I wear glasses. Oh. Right. What have right. you got for us? Okay, well, I'll start. Uh. I will start. Right. Uh, five teams, James. Come on, let's get one on the board. Hitachi KTM. Well done. JD Gunnex. Well done. That's two. And then I was trying to think of where he was before. Uh, oh, uh, FNH Kawasaki. That's three. Steve Turner KTM. That's, That's four. I was just trying to think what the other one was. Where did he go? Where was he before Kawasaki? I'm going to have to push you, I'm afraid. Um, There's a lot on the line here. These are your only points today that are available. Yeah, I can't think of his other team. Would you like to pass? Mm, just trying to think. It's going to be a KTM. KTM after Steve Turner. I'm going to have to push you, I'm afraid. No, it's gone. <laughs> It's gone. Was it ever there? No. <laughs> right. So he turned professional with Steve Turner Racing. Yep. From there, 
He went too. And you're going to kick yourself. I will. Any ideas now, even? No. I thought, was <laughs> a, maybe, I thought maybe he's on Hitachi twice. <laughs> but I can't think of where he went for that first, that first year after. Adam um, Siri was on, was on five teams in his career. Okay, uh, Hitachi times three. <laughs> Oh, and then we'll take F and H twice. <laughs> Honestly, I got a massive blank before, right. between uh, yeah between two thousand five, two thousand six, two thousand twenty, and apparently two thousand and sixteen or whatever it was. <laughs> right, uh, he started his career on Steve Turner Racing. Yeah, from there he went to CLS Kawasaki. Ah, oh, CLS Kawasaki. From there he went to F and H Kawasaki. From there he went to JD Gunnix, and now he's on Hitachi KTM. James Burfield. How do you think you did today? Uh, Neil Poir. Well, you got Neil Poir. <laughs> so, <laughs> that is the second game in a row you've got Neil Poir. Oh. You are on quite a streak here. And to be honest with you, I'm sure you'd agree. I don't think those questions were that hard. Oh, no, they weren't. No. No, they weren't. So it's not like I've caught you out. No. No, they were good. They were good questions apart from the, um, the 05 and 06. But still, you could have got both of those wrong and still won the game. Could have. Well, I didn't. Maybe you need another week off. <laughs> Maybe I do after this. So, how are you doing? Good <laughs> cry. Okay, good. Uh, that was Armour, You Smarter Than a Birth. Thanks for listening, everyone. I know a lot of people missed that game last week. And in future, when James isn't on the podcast, highly doubt it, but maybe we'll be able to get him to call in and play just that game. I don't think that's a good idea at all. <laughs> I think that's a fucking terrible idea. <laughs> You come on the phone for 10 minutes and just get absolutely <laughs> slaughtered and, and then go home and cry. You're having a really nice, calm day. Just pick up the phone for 10 minutes, get laughed at and slaughtered in front of thousands game. of people. <laughs> in front of thousands of people. And they're just like, oh, okay, I'll get on with my day now. Do you know what? Do you know actually what I thought of uh, last week? Was what? actually going back to MXGP and. Um, I don't think I've seen anybody since we've been playing this game. Uh, no, I don't think you have. No. I know that people listen because I know that when I walk through the paddock, lots of people have comments about your answers. Terrible knowledge. <laughs> How I know nothing about their history. So, um, <sighs> anything from Russia that you feel like we missed or need to discuss before we hang up the boots? Um... No, I think we've, we've done Russia as, as much as it needs to be done. Okay. What I'm interested in, though, is MX Manager. That is a good thing that you've brought up there. Well done. So, MX Manager, uh, as I explained lengthy Lee on the podcast last week. Lengthy <laughs> Lee, who's he? <laughs> as, I, as I mentioned lengthy Lee on the podcast last week. Lots of changes to MX Manager this year, and the goal was just to give everyone a solid, fun season where no issues and we can all just have a nice, enjoyable experience. Happy to report that there were no issues at round one. Everything worked like clockwork. Great. Results went up fine. So that's good. I feel a lot more comfortable now. And I feel especially comfortable considering my result, which uh, was... Do you know where I came? Was it 14th? It was 14th. Yeah. But you didn't beat Eva's partner, Nicholas, who was third or fourth. Hang on, let me just check. So as much as you thought you'd done well... well I'm quite happy with 14th. You I mean. didn't get beat. Yeah, Nicholas got third. Okay. I mean, I did get beat by 
13 other people. But, yeah. um, so, how did you do? Uh, I was 308th. Uh, and I've got to be honest, I wasn't happy with the pricing. But why so? Because as soon as you pick one rider, you can't really pick anybody else. <laughs> okay, I think you've misunderstood how you're meant to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> you massively misunderstood how the game works. Did somebody forget to tell me about changes? <laughs> Who did you pick? I went for Tonus and Seaver. Well, how much were those? Do, can you, you can still see how, how much were those riders. Right, so uh, let me go back to my dashboard. I picked um, Jeremy Seaworth, 7.2 million. Arnold Tonus, 2.2 million. And then I picked Teamer Petrashin for half a million. Right, so you have played it partly well. So the idea with these prices, which I just, as normal, trucked on by myself and cracked on with, <laughs> without any cons- consultation with anyone else in the business. <laughs> yeah, great. So the idea is the Tom Vials, the Jorge Prados, the Purlings are still pickable, but you don't really want them. So that, because I'll be honest, my biggest criticism of MX, uh, MX Manager the last couple of years, it's been too easy because you just go for DeSalle, you go for Paul Lan, uh, and then you go for Ben Watson in MX2, and that's your team and you do pretty well. Like it, There was no real thought needed for it. So the new pricing structure now you have to go further down the order and you have to like really think about stuff. So whereas you went for free riders, I went for Arno Tonus, who was very cheap. Yep. Alessandro Lupino, who was 3 million. Calvin Vlanderin, 2 million. Kevin Strybos, 2 million. And Leon Florian. And this is where it gets interesting now because I've never heard of Leon Florian before. But I looked at his practice time, I looked at his qualifying time, and I was like, you know what? I think he can give me a point or two, and with these, with these new prices, that is going to make a difference. And it did. So, you, what I would have done... Wait, can you remind me? How much was Sewer? Uh, 7.2 million. So, what I would have done in your situation is probably not gone for Sewer. First well, I fully, fully expected Sewer to be podium. Okay, but... Even once you'd gone for Sewer, what you should have done is instead of going for Tonus as your second rider, you should have gone for Bry Lyakoff, Nathan Watson, Jan Pankart. Like, you know, you should have piled on the cheaper riders and hoped that they would have, Usland, hoped that they would have really just stacked up like five points here, four points here, three points there. So, yeah, but that's the strategy, hey? Because if you'd gone with Geyser and used quite a lot of your money, that would have been straight 50 points. Yeah, which isn't going to, that's not going to win you anything, but it's consistent. <laughs> but also, that's, that's just terrible because what if guys had come back to sixth in the second race? That would have been a terrible investment in money. So, the game really now, someone like you who puts no thought into it and just picks riders for a laugh and then quits the internet, it's not really going to work for you. Bit harsh. <laughs> Uh, again <laughs> would you like a Liat hat <laughs> <laughs> um, but no so I actually took Jan Pankar off of my team even though I strongly urged everyone to pick him in the podcast last week I took him off last minute I don't even know why I just I just felt that he was still a lot of money 
And I felt like I could put that somewhere else. Do you want so, to know something funny? What? Well, two things I'm seeing here. So if I look at the, uh, from three, 302, this is pretty cool. So uh, Wim Visser from Netherlands. Then we got Sweden, then Switzerland, then Belgium, then Italy. The person in front of me is Gazuri from Slovenia with 50 points. <laughs> I think he may have picked Tim. Yeah, I would bet. Quite likely. <laughs> and then, obviously, there's me with my team called Lewis Sucks from the UK. Then it goes France, UK, Indonesia, Switzerland, Denmark, Switzerland, UK, UK, Italy. Like, I'm actually just looking through this. Now there's a lot of different countries. Brazil. This is quite interesting. Australia, Liechtenstein. Liechtenstein? Yeah. Is that a country? Sounds like a sausage. Fitting very well there. Uh, what else we got? Spain. You keep talking because I'm just going to pull up Spain, something that people yeah. will find interesting. New Zealand. Norway. Christ, we got pretty much the whole globe here. Yeah? Bulgaria. Wow. Who knew? Uh, please hold. Uh, who knew? So. We've got some Americans. So will you be going differently for the next round and trying to spread your money out a little bit more? Well, it depends on the pricing. Well, it's going to be similar pricing, obviously, but the riders are going to obviously change because of... Well, also, is, ben Watson going to be, is Ben Watson going to be like 1 million because he got one point? He will, or are you going to price him high? Uh, no, he would go down to 2 to 3 million. Well, that's, everybody's going to choose him, aren't they? Well, no, because those, like, for instance... Well, Sewer, they would have listened to you on the, on the Watson wagon and be thinking it's a sure thing. No, because listen to this. This is where MX Manager gets interesting now. Ooh. You picked Sewer, right? Yeah. He's obviously going to be cheaper now, isn't he, for Matley? Yeah. And he's going to do quite well at Matley, isn't he? Like, Matley's a good track for Sewer. You can't mm -hmm. pick him. Why not? Because you can't... <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Tell everybody why you can't pick him now. Because you can't pick the same rider two weeks in a row. So now exactly. you're going to get doubly screwed. Damn it. Because it's going to work quite nicely for me because I can't pick Lupino for Matali, but his price is going to go so up that I don't want to pick him anyway. No. Same with all of my riders. Tonus, Vlandering, Strybos, all of their prices will go up. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm sitting pretty at this point, not and now I can Kelly. take advantage of the Jacobis and Monticellis and people like that. Yeah, I'm going to have Monticelli for about half a million, Ben Watson for 750,000. Oh, I'm just going to be getting points galore. So, something that people might find interesting, uh, the winner this week was Matthew Chittuk from the UK. Uh, his team, in MX2, he had Timur Patrician. <laughs> what? <laughs> Timur Patrician. <laughs> Timmer in MX2, he had Timmer Petrushin, yep. Leon Florian, Jan Pankar, and then in MXGP, he had Brent Van Donick, Alvin Usland, Arno Tonus, and Jordi Tixier. So he stacked up the cheaper riders big time, and it paid off big time for him. Work. Whereas, but then it worked. There are many different strategies. What because, about Derek from Australia? Well, I was just going to tell you, there are many different strategies, because whereas Matthew had... Uh, seven riders, Jesus. Seven <laughs> riders, a, you got 100 points. That's a big, that's a big uh, awning. Holy Derek shit. from Australia had three riders and, got, and was only six points shy. He had Ruben Fernandez, Arno Tonus, and Alessandro Lupino. So you, 
you can play it whatever way you want and it's going to work out quite close, which was kind of what I tried to make happen. So I'm quite happy with that, actually, because uh, the person in third had three riders, person in fourth had three riders, person in fifth had three riders, person in sixth had one, two, three, four, five, six riders. So there is a real, um, there's a real like switch up here. Who's here? 17th place, Jesse Fleming. Jan Pankar, Timur Petrushin, Calvin Vlandering, Jordi Tixia, Vesvalod Brilokov, Sean Simpson, and, <laughs> and Brent Van Donick. That's like 27 riders on his team. So it's great. There's many different opportunities here, and it's going to be an interesting season. I'm looking forward to loading up the prices for round two. We're off to a solid start. It's looking good. Let's keep going. Solid. I've never heard you struggle so much with riders' names. Ever. I'm not going to lie. I'm a bit, I'm a bit tired. Are you? Yeah, I gave my best. I gave my best. I, I, <laughs> I gave my best on pulp last night. You're really, I'm just phoning it in here. So, uh, how many points did you actually get? You were obviously 300 something, but how many points was that? Uh, I think I was 50. <laughs> wow. Okay, uh, I'm on 89. So that's only 39 points. Fuck all, isn't it? Really? And obviously, just a things. reminder for everyone: we're only one round down. So, if you want to go premium to win prizes, you can still win up to 400 pounds of vouchers at every single round this year. But really, you, can, you still have a shot at the grand prize in the overall championship because you're not going to lose that much from missing one round. Obviously, it's a deficit, but you can overcome that. So easy. Feel free to go premium and just support us. That'd be much appreciated. Yep. So anything on your mind, James? Anything you want to talk about? Uh, no. Uh, oh, well, the, uh, the one thing which is a bit strange is what's going on in the UK this weekend. Um, and uh, with two championships clashing on the same day, that's obviously not... Uh, for, for people outside the UK who don't know, um, the British Championship and the MX Nationals, which are the two leading championships, are clashing on the same day, which means that teams like Honda with Tommy Searle, um, Jake Nichols, and um, what's uh, Haig's first name? I can't remember. Um, Jay? Jay Haig. James Burfield, the host of the British Motocross Show. Uh, so, so those guys, cab screens, they, basically everyone's got to choose which championship this weekend they're going to go and ride. So it's like, do they, uh, like, I think um, the, the official Kawasaki team are going to MX Nationals. They're not even competing in the British Championship. It's you sure like, about that? Because um, I believe that every team is doing the British on Saturday and then going to the MX Nationals on Sunday. What, every team? I believe so. Are you sure? I believe so. I think you probably should check that. Well, the ACU British Championship put out on Facebook that Dylan Walsh is uh, looking forward to Fox Hill and signed up and ready to go, and he is a Kawasaki rider. That's not the official uh, Kawasaki team. Okay. Just so you know, it's the actual Phoenix Tools Kawasaki. Okay, well, I've lost if you were, If you were in the know, then you'd know. So. Yes, that's right. You lecture me about being in the know. That's great. Yeah, well, here we go. Yeah, so I think that's uh, one thing which is kind of a, a bit of a brain fart, which is happening. Um, yeah, it's a real shame about, obviously, Comrade, because he was shown good potential at the start of the year. Uh, and even towards the middle of the year, <laughs> which we're in. So, um, yeah, it's a real shame that, obviously, Russia, it didn't work out for him. Anything you want to add, talk about, Lewis? Um, I'd just like to say uh, thanks, thanks to, to everyone. Man. Thanks to everyone. You're not the host. You should. 
you're not allowed to thanks to them for you're not allowed to pipe in with stuff like that um i just like to thank everyone for um saying that they wish we were in russia first of all and also for the good comments i've had since i've been on pulp so thanks for that nice people you all are well you had you had comments on pulp well like people message me saying yo you're really good you should go back on and stuff like that yeah fucking stay there no, we'll obviously, uh, obviously Russia was a blip with us not being there. We will be back as normal through the rest of the season. We've got weekend off this weekend and then six GPs back to back. How long will I last? Who knows? Uh, right now, uh, the odds on favor is four rounds. Uh, round five, Lewis loses his shit. What, what round do you think, Lewis, you're going to go? I don't know, now. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll change mine to round three. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit, <laughs> bit shaky right now, to be honest. No. <laughs> what, 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 uh, what ones do we have back-to-back, uh, like three in a row? I think we've, got six, the... we've got six back-to-back in a row. Did you not just hear me? <laughs> no, I don't think you understand. Like, you, I don't, like, for those listening, James doesn't really grasp what the MX Vice team have like, ahead of them. Right? Are you listening, James? I'm just worried about Sean. Yeah, but are you uh, listening to this? Right? Are you ready for this? Yeah. Okay. Right? So, Matali, yeah. Majora, uh, Matali, Majora, Latvia, Os, Lockett, Lommel, all in a row, right? Wow. We One weekend off, and then seven races in a row again. <laughs> so, when do you want to discuss that pay rise? <laughs> <laughs> You know, money doesn't make you happy. I'll tell you, it puts a smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> you got anything else on your mind? No. Should I have anything else on my mind? What did you think of the... It's not uh... your birthday or anything, is it? <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the new pit reporter on MXGP? Yeah, where's Lisa? She had a baby. She'll be back for round four. Did you notice how many times she said hiya? Yeah, where did they find her? You're probably like, oh, I wonder how much Lewis is actually like pays, pays attention to MXGP. I can tell I've actually managed to find a trail of exactly where she came from. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <Stalker> alert. <laughs> Hold on, I'm just going to find it again. Two secs. Okay. She blocked um, you already. No, no, I just was interested. <laughs> it was quite easy to get to, to be honest. So what happened was, so last week, it turns out, <laughs> but she signed on to a, uh, she had a agency thing she signed with the agency on Wednesday, had an audition on Thursday, and then had a job offer confirmed on Friday. So it was quite a last-minute thing. Wow. She signed with the agency on Wednesday, audition on Thursday, and job offer confirmed on Friday. So when congrats to... Didn't Craig David do a song about that? <laughs> oh, I don't know what that means, but... <laughs> <laughs> but okay. But no, she said hiya a lot. Like, hiya, I'm here with uh, Tim Geyser. Hiya, like, it's like, wow. We're just going to say hiya non I, I wanted a ride to her just... in, in, in the UK. Hi. I did have, there was one thing that really made me, actually, I'm not going to say it. Do it, go on. What's, it's not like you to hold back. No, I'm not. Go on. Later in the season, remind me when we're near the end and what, I, what pissed me off at round one and I'll come were back to it. Were you the kid that made everybody cry on the first day of school? No. Is that what you're going to do to her? No, no, it's nothing to do with her. Oh. What does it do with then? No, just... So the opening press conference thing, I don't know if anyone watched it. No. Uh, Tim Geyser's up first, the defending champion. It's a big deal. 
he gets asked about his new puppy twice. And it's like, can you imagine at the Anaheim One press conference if someone said like, oh, Cooper Webb, Cooper Webb, Cooper Webb. Um, uh, uh, yes, congrats on your 2021 title. Uh, I hear you had a new puppy in the offseason. I, I just, it just makes me sad. But anyway, I don't, that's a Didn't. moot point. So we'll move on from that. Uh, anything else on your mind, James? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I haven't got any puppies or anything on my mind. I'm all okay. good. Well, this has been episode 72 of the MX5 show. Uh, as always, we would like to thank Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, who uh, are the uh, responsible for the MX Manager prizes this year. MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix, Armour, and Blenzel Oils. All of those companies are very supportive, do good stuff. We wouldn't align with them unless we believed in what they do and their products. So, yeah. We, hire, we strongly recommend you check them out. Any final thoughts, James, before we go? No, Lewis, I'm fine. No final... <laughs> No final thoughts. No final thoughts. Everything's good here. We're, we're chugging along nicely. I believe you're not on the podcast next week. Uh, well, have I been replaced again? <laughs> That's what you told, me. You, told me. you told me that you wouldn't be on the podcast next week. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm back again. Uh, okay. I'm back again. Yep, you can count on me. What did you think of your tribute last week? It was good. Um, Did it was you a cry? different tribute to what I was expecting from you, but um, I was glad it was only a record. A record? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Um, that is episode 72 of BMX5 show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for... Uh, you know that every time you play that record, we got to pay royalties, don't you? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> That's coming out your wages. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for taking in all of the Russia talk. Stay tuned to MX Vice for uh, features, interviews, news, stats, all of that good stuff. Check us out on social media. Uh, we've got some cool Instagram stuff up at the moment and more to come. We'll be back with another show next week, number 73. But until then, it's bye from us. See you later. Bye. You are listening to the MX Vice show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, visit planetmoto.co for more information. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. 
from top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.